Hello and welcome to 10 Years of Arnold, a conversation podcast discussing the films of Arnold Schwarzenegger from Conan the Barbarian to Terminator 2. I'm Dustin Dupre, joined with my co-host Mark Santa-Steven, and today we are discussing 1985's Commando, directed by Mark L. Lester, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Ray Don Chong, and Vernon Wells. Mark, how you feeling? I'm feeling good because today is Commando Day. Today is definitely Commando Day, and I was <laughs> looking forward to it all day long. I feel like we've literally been texting each other, Commando Day is coming up, Commando Absolutely. Day is coming. At this point, it's our personal holiday, Commando Day. Um, this movie is a delight. It's a treasure. The world is better for it having existed. Um, that being said, if we get any plot details wrong along the way, just know that it doesn't matter does not matter, especially with this movie, but it is so great to be back because we've been on a little bit of a, a pendulum swing, if you will. We swinging between really good movies to some really bad ones. And I think we are at the point now looking down our future here where I think we are at the point where I think we're over the worst of it. I think we're going to have a little bit of pendulum swings, but nothing as dramatic as last week's Red Sonja. Um, you know, this movie wastes no time getting into it. So I don't think we should either. Commando kicks off suburbs, garbage truck. These guys roll up. This one guy's in bed sleeping, surprised, surprised that it's garbage day. And he's got to run out. They change the schedule on him. He runs out, takes his cans out, instantly mowed down. So my one thought on this scene, they pull up. The garbage truck is backing up to his house, and he's got a garbage bag in his hands. And Bill Duke's character has Mm -hmm. a bandana over his face. And my thought was, you know, in the 1985, when this movie came out, you would be like, yo, that dude's got a bandana over his face. This is that something's wrong here for whatever reason. This guy does not seem to think. But uh, in 2021, people wear bandanas on their faces all the time. <laughs> and it was kind of like, oh, weird. This is fitting in with <laughs> with our mask wearing current environments. But they just blast this guy. He gets shot with a new. It's a quiet suburban neighborhood in a cul-de-sac. And he just gets smoked with an Uzi. Yeah, well, he says he he. He brings his garbage bags out and he's like, oh, I thought you missed me. And uh, Bill Duke, uh, this guy, he, he starts us off with the one liners. I mean, we don't miss a second here. We get them right away. What does he say? We won't. <laughs> Pulls the Uzis out of the back of the truck. And this is where I'm like, so were these guys picking up trash or did they just drive to his house? Because. It, that's the whole thing of this opening montage. Like as we, <laughs> these guys are supposed to be like this uh, elite special forces team. They have picked the most conspicuous ways to kill all these dudes. All like, of them. There's like got to be a better way to kill these guys. Like were they literally just driving the one truck around until they saw him carry the trash down? I don't know about you, but I put my trash out the night before trash day. What if he had put his trash out the night before? Would they be like, ah? Oh, damn it, we got to come back next trash week and hope he comes out. Well, that's like, it seems like it's part of their plan because the guy who gets mowed down, he's in bed with his wife and she's like, he's like, oh, I didn't realize it was trash day. She's like, well, they must have changed the schedule. Was that their whole plan? They were like, I think if this guy hears a garbage truck, he's he's going to come. I cannot have this trash miss a trash day. This trash stinks. I got to get this out. Got to get this out. There's no way, man. If it's me, I'm in bed. Well, that's next week's problem. Exactly. I miss miss trash day, but. 100%. Well, this dude, uh, yeah, he went out for the trash and he got got. He wasn't long for this world. We move on quickly to the next uh scene of demise as Bill Duke once again and still ready with the one-liners is at a car sales shop. He's shopping for a car. He wants a car. 
He says he loves uh, Cadillacs. The salesman's kind of talking him up. Reasons why you don't want leather. It's hot. It cracks. It does this. It does that. He just hops into the seat, cozies up. Salesman's like, oh, I got this guy. This sale is done. Look at him sitting in there. He's feeling good in there. Mind you, this car's not in a lot. It's in a showroom. It's in a showroom. Yes. Inside. And he goes, you know what I like better than leather? The price. Starts the car. Backs up. Well, you can't do that. You can't do that here. And he just crashes. He literally runs this guy over in the middle of the store, crashes through the glass through window, the window, peels away. Drives away. How, how did he have the keys? He gave, him, he, he gave him the... Oh, he did? Okay. I think, I'm pretty sure he gave it to him and, and then he started up because he, he starts the car and he's like, he's like, yeah, start it up. Just start it up. Uh, which is funny if you think he's like, yeah, just back on out. Yeah, just run me over. Run out there again. Yeah, just whatever, man. Like this, yeah, I'm making a sale here. I'll do whatever you need. If you need to run. No, this guy does not. He gets hit. He's toast. So we're early on two casualties in. Bill Duke's reign of terror continues and he's at a dock. We see another guy wearing a fisherman outfit. He boards his, uh, boards his ship, does kind of give the guy a wink. He gives like one guy on the ship a wink, starts to sail away. Bill Duke, like it's like out of a cartoon. He's got this remote like detonator in his hand. He pulls up the antenna, hits it, and the boat blows to hell. That's three, three. If you're keeping super count, cons- three conspicuous, <laughs> very conspicuous desks instantly segues into the greatest intro of all time. The greatest intro of all time. The most capital A Arnold intro of all time. And this is going we- <laughs> to be the hardest thing because this movie is capital A Arnold, the movie. Yeah. Like that's, you know, a phrase that Mark is going to when we, we've been talking about this. The, this whole movie is capital A Arnold, the movie. Uh, movie. So it's going to be really hard for us to not just constantly be saying that. And this is, you know, this movie absolutely runs the risk of just being two bros talking about Commando, but we're going to do our best to, you know, weave in our same our, our thoughts and stuff. It is what it is, man. I'm, I'm going to call out each one as they come. Let's I'm going to say That's it every great. time. Uh, I did have to kind of at least clarify in my own mind what I meant, because there's moments in this movie that are capital A Arnold moments. And we start off with one here right away. There's also moments that are just awesome movie moments or awesome action moments. So I had to like separate them. So we'll talk about that as we come to them or I'll, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you and see what you think. Well, you were the wise mind that developed capital A Arnold. So <laughs> I'm going to defer to your wisdom to help us solidify and uh, def- uh, our definition a little bit more. So I'm, I'm with you, but great soundtrack intro. You're just getting clips of a bicep, a oh. chainsaw, oh. an entire log. <laughs> An entire tree <laughs> on the shoulder of one man. And you know what? You just believe it. You just believe it right away. Of course he can do that. Look at him. He can carry a tree. As always, he's looking huge. We love, we always talk about how huge he looks. He goes down. He's chopping wood. Wouldn't you know it? Someone's trying to get the drop on him. He can see it. He can see the reflection in the head of the bladed axe. But it just turns out to be his loving daughter, Jenny, who approaches him, tries to surprise him. He picks her up. And you get the most saccharine, sweet father-daughter montage of all time. Mark, as a father of a young daughter, how, does this scene make you feel good? Do you wish you had days like this with your daughter? It's a hard sell. I'm being honest. Um, this scene is hard for me to buy their father-daughter dynamic. I'm just saying. Uh, like it, I like it. I like this scene. It makes me smile. It makes me chuckle. 
the whole I love every moment, every beat to beat when they go when they're eating ice cream and she pokes it in his face. He gets ice cream on his nose and he's laughing and I, I like it. I'm amused by it. She is definitely not his daughter. The <laughs> best part is when they hand feed a deer. They just happen yeah. upon a oh, deer yeah. and they're like, oh, we're going to hand feed this deer. And that deer is like, food. this man could not eat my entire body in one meal. <laughs> Yep, but they're, I mean, they're, so they're showing that they have a very loving relationship. They really ham it up at the end oh. when he comes down to the refrigerator and there's an I love you daddy heart cut she out. Made, yeah, she made like a Valentine's Day, Father's Day kind of thing. And that's what he sees. He's like, I love you too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just this movie, it, it walks the line between like parody and amazing. And I think it walks that line because it's like, it's the one that like the parodies look to it. Like it's that like quintessential. I mean, the director calls it the quintessential one. And, you know, I think a lot of comparisons will be made to Rambo too. Um, And I have some thoughts on that when we get to an appropriate pop, but like this movie just walks that line so beautifully and knows exactly what it is. And it just does it perfectly. I thumbs down the Rambo 2 uh, comparison, just FYI, because Rambo 2 is not is inferior to First Blood. Um, oh, significantly inferior to First Blood. But, but yes. uh, anyway, we'll get to that later. Um, yeah. And this is one of those moments when you're you, if it's like your first time coming to it, you're just like, OK, we get it. <laughs> and they like he tosses her in the pool and they're like laughing. And it's like, I mean, I don't know. We all spend a lot of time alone with our family in the last year. And like, it's not all like that. (laughs) Sorry. It's just not like, I'm glad that they're like, I don't know how long they've been alone doing this. Seems like they've probably been doing it for a long time because they have a good little setup going. It's not always like that, but uh, you do have, you got to make those moments happen. Like that's the thing, I guess with, when I look at this scene and you say, you're a father of children, how do you feel about it? Um, I say, when I look at this, I see it and I'm like, huh, this is fun. This is funny. When I think about it though, you have to make that moment happen as a parent with your children to say, I am going to make this a fun time. I'm going to do something fun. I'm going to be focused on my child in this moment and what we're doing together. My attention is going to be present. I'm not going to be detached or distracted. Uh, And in the scene, they kind of just make it like, no, man, all they do all day long every day is eat ice cream and chop wood and swim. And it's like, dude, I just spent the whole year alone in the house with my family. And (laughs) that is not all that we do. Well, I mean, Jenny, Jenny and John didn't have uh, you know, they didn't have a COVID pandemic, so they're just living their best life in the dopest house. Ever. I have that. Yes. That house <laughs> rules. That house is amazing. It's How incredible. do we rent this house out? I looked it up. It's some, <laughs> it is in California. Someone owns it now. It's sold recently for some absurd amount of money, but I was like, this house in the mountains is crazy. It's got like a pool. It's got everything. It's absurd. Did it sell as the commando house? I don't know, but if it didn't, the realtor is really dumb. Yeah. And the realtor really should have hammed that up. Someone please start renting it out and make it affordable. Yeah. At the end of their loving daughter-daddy montage, they're having some lunch when all of a sudden they see... Oh, I, I held up my finger as he said, as they see, because there's something we need to just... You want to talk about that joke? I was going to skip skip over the joke. Oh, but. no. this I, I don't know what you're talking about. This is no joke, though, because she makes sandwiches and <laughs> she brings them out. Uh, and he sit, they sit down at the table and uh, they, <laughs> I know the joke you're talking about, the joke, I am skipping the joke, but they sit down and he takes a bite of this sandwich and he makes this face and he looks at her and he goes, 
what's in this? And she says, you don't want to know. Well, I want to know. What did she put in that sandwich that would elicit that kind of response? What could it possibly be? Three-day-old leftovers, yeah. Do you like, trust? Would you trust anything your, your children put in your hands to eat? Absolutely not. But also, <laughs> um, she... He doesn't look like disgusted. He's not like, oh, what is in this? He's like, well, this is, tastes crazy. Like, what is in this? He just keeps eating. So, he just I keeps mean. eating. But yeah, I want to know what it was. So whoever has that answer, please write it. You have to uh, talk to the writer. But, you know, that that it's interrupted. The launch is interrupted because John sees an army helicopter coming through. Jenny's very upset about this. She's like, what is that army helicopter doing here? He says, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. Setting the stage that obviously he... Was an army man at some point. Helicopter lands. There's a general. Secures the area with his troops. And he's like, John, come on out. It's Kirby. Arnold gets the drop on him. <laughs> grabs his gun and says, I know. He goes, I know. He goes, silent and smooth, as always. Silent and smooth, just like always. Ought to be. You taught me. Your training, or whatever he says. I'm trying to remember, have we gotten, when did they first announce his last name? Because John Matrix is the perfect name for this character. Oh, man. John Matrix is... He calls him John, but I, I'm trying to remember like when they introduced Matrix. We have to talk about action hero names. Because we're talking about John Matrix, we have to talk about action hero names. John Matrix is ridiculous. That name is ridiculous. <laughs> That's a great name. It's perfect. It's like retired retired Special Forces <laughs> Colonel John Matrix. It doesn't get any better No than one's that. last name is Matrix. On the world, in the world, <laughs> it is. It's great. It's great. I love it, but it is ridiculous. I'm just saying. You have any other good uh, names? I have another one that comes to mind. Um, Simon Phoenix. I mean, he's that an antagonist. Good. Still counts. I thought of Johnny Utah from Point Break. Uh, Point Break. Okay, I still haven't seen Point Break, but that's definitely on my list. That's worth your time. Good Keanu flick. But yeah, I mean, it's great. Great name. Just felt like you know we had to mention it at some point that it was a fantastic name. I don't. I don't know when they say John Matrix or if he just says. John, because Kirby calls him John. I think he just calls him John. It might be after he uh, gets kidnapped or whatever, but, you know, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah. Bennett probably says Matrix. You know, Um, Matrix. But Kirby explains that, hey, someone's taking out your dudes. And he was like, who is it? He's like, well, it could be anyone. It could be the Syrians, South Americans, the Russians. You made enemies all around the world, John. They're coming for you. And he's just like, man, we were going to make a normal life here. I'm going to have to move, you know, be on the run. And Kirby, Kirby's like saying like, hey, you don't have to worry about it. You guys are going to be fine. You got nothing to worry about. I just felt letting you know that literally everyone else that you've worked with is dead, but you're fine. And I'm going to leave some guards here, but you have nothing to worry about. I'm going to leave some guards here. And he says, are they any good? He says, real good. Not as good as you. But he's like, I'm going to leave these guards here. I'm going. And when he, he has like a really dumb line. He says, like, I'm going to talk to the the big guys at the bureau or whatever. Yeah, or huge we'll, waste of line. We'll catch those bastards. Yeah. Okay. Okay, bro. He flies away. Jenny's like, is it bad news? He's like, if if you mean I'm, I'm not going anywhere, if that's what you mean, well, then it can't be bad. And all of a sudden he looks, grabs Jenny and makes her run for it. And open fire. The guy jumps out of the bushes. One of the one of the men left goes down right away. He gets smoked. Arnold and another guy dive into the house. He's covering Jenny and he's like, I got to get my rifle from the woodshed. He says to him, they're downwind. And and the guy says, what do you think I can smell them? And Arnold says, well, I did. Think you can smell them coming? I did. Great line. Sends her to her room to hide while he runs off to the shed. Uh, And then, uh, I mean, I know you're a fan of gearing up scenes. How's this one? 
This one's okay, but <laughs> there's better ones to come. This one's all right. Him opening and seeing the the weapons uh, in his shed. That's a good moment. Yeah. I mean, it's it just it's setting up that even though he lives this quiet mount, like life in the mountains, he's still got this arsenal ready to go. A full arsenal. Yes. Jenny hides under the bed. And, you know, I feel like under the bed's not the best place to hide. Granted, she didn't have many other options, but instantly that's where you're going to look, right? Yes. Uh, and I mean, they didn't have a fail, like a fail safe or like another plan, I guess, if they got attacked, which I mean, I guess I don't have a plan for someone attacking my house. Maybe I should whip one up, but eh, you're not a retired special forces colonel who has enemies all around the world. So I, I don't yeah. Think you. Well, you don't know that. I couldn't tell you. Could be a dual life. <laughs> could be a dual life. Yeah. Uh, so he comes running in. Uh, yeah, she's under the bed. He comes running into the house, which he just kind of runs along the roof of the he house. He jumps up on the roof, and Jenny apparently is like the most spoiled child in the world, has like the dopest room that has like a porch, her own porch, off hanging off the side of her room. So he goes into the room, and the guy who was like The other guard wounded, left. He's dead. His throat slit or whatever. He just drops out on him after he opens the door. So obviously placed there. He steps into the room. He knows this guy was placed there. He knows she's been taken. And he just kind of looks around. And then uh, he sees a, a dude sitting in the chair. A henchman holding the lovely card that Jenny made. Can you believe that? Says, I love you, daddy. And uh, he <laughs> he specifically says... Mellow out, man. <laughs> Which Mellow is an amazing man. line. Where is she? Mellow out, man. We can't talk business with you waving guns in people's faces. Right? Wrong. Boom. And that's great. It's a great moment because that is, that's always the thing, right? It's always the thing. They have your kid and they have the leverage and then you have to do whatever they say. And he's like, I don't know that you have her. I don't know where she is and I don't know what you're doing or what you want me to do. So right now I'm going to act like you don't have any leverage and just smokes the dude. He can't control whether they're going to do anything to her or not at this moment. You still got to waste this guy though. Got to waste him. You, you got to believe in your, you got to believe in yourself yep. and you got to waste this guy. Uh, first of what I believe is three Terminator callbacks when he goes wrong. Because that's the from the in the in Terminator. Remember your favorite scene when he's in the gun shop and he blows away the oh, clerk. Yeah, he says, "Hey, you can't do this," and he goes wrong. wrong. So this is the first of I, what I believe is three Terminator. This is definitely one. that's definitely one. there's yeah you're yeah totally for sure. It's great. It's a great moment and it's a great subversion of expectations. Yes, because you're like he, maybe he's going to be like. I don't know, a noble hero. No, this is pure 80s. We're just going to smoke. Like the hero's just going to kill everyone. It's everyone who's against him, he's going to take them out. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, what would you do in that situation? I think you think about, right? Like you blow him away. So this is, <laughs> I've seen this movie 400 times. I used to watch it a lot with my father and my father is like, Real old school kind of blue collar guy. And I just remember like being a kid watching this with my dad and him just being like, that's what a parent does. <laughs> just like, that's yeah, amazing. This is what you got to do. Like, great yeah, if anyone, if anyone takes your kid, your kid, you just, he's got to murder them. They're, They're dead. Yeah. And that's like, you know, how you learn the world through, <laughs> through these movies with your father in rural New Hampshire. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's something to be said for, uh, when someone takes all of the leverage, you can't trust them. If you've taken um, the only child at that point, you've put yourself in a position where um, you're you're unable to be trusted. Like, I can't just do whatever you want and then expect you to be like, oh, here you go. Now everything's fine. 
Yeah. You're going to get everything back and you'll be fine. That's not going to happen. I'm going to do like if it's like this, it's clearly going to be one of these scenarios where they're like, we have your daughter go do this terrible thing for us, right? You don't negotiate with terrorists. Arnold John Matrix does not negotiate with terrorists. He certainly does not. Uh, but you know what he does do? He pushes trucks down hills by <laughs> absolute bare hands, which is a capital A Arnold moment. Just saying. This is one of my favorite movie, parts of the whole movie. They like, he sees them like a caravan of like SUVs taking it. They've kidnapped his daughter. They're driving down the hill. He assumes that he doesn't know. He's smart enough to know. Of course he, he, he jumps, he goes to get his, uh, like a GMC kind of almost looks like a Bronco, but I think it's a GMC in it. and they've pulled the distributor cap. It's all messed up. He can't start it. And he just pushes the car. He like, it's like a weaving hill. So it's kind of this, like one of those classic, like you got to weave to go down the hill, windy roads. And he just pushes his truck over, got no brakes, and he's just like cruising down the hill. He The doors open, he grabs it with his arms and just pushes, taking these steps, the tr- whole truck he pushes off the cliff. And once it starts going down the cliff, then he jumps in and he steers it after them. This Bronco is bouncing <laughs> all over the fucking place. <laughs> and he's got no brakes. And it like, every time, I love it so much, because every time you're like, you can see that they've definitely like, probably when they were making this movie bounced and crashed four or five of these trucks or whatever. Cause it's like his nose is up and then like the oh, instant yeah. next cut, he's like back, back to swerving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. What the, 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 like the corniest part is like the guys are looking down like this crazy son of a bitch. Like, why don't they just stop? They don't, they like, they're like who's going to hit us. And it's like, you guys could just stop. And he would just careen off the side of the hill. Uh, which he basically does. I mean, he fl- ends up like flipping, flipping the Bronco like right in front of them and mm-hmm. la- landing. And then they pause, and that's when they're like, "Okay, we're gonna get him now that he's down and compromised." I guess. And the car explodes, which I don't know why or how it ex- like. Why did it catch on fire? But it does. Yeah, it explodes. That's what happens in this movie. There's lots of exploding stuff. He comes up and starts starts working these guys. Starts fight. Starts brawling. Yep, he's fighting, I don't know, it's probably four or five of them. Eventually, they kind of, they get him. They get the best of him. He did just crash a car down a huge hill. Yeah, he might be a little concussed. Yeah. Uh, I did read that the cut he has on his head is apparently real, because he was doing a lot of his, like, nice. stunts. But this one guy comes up, got an M16 on, don't move, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who walks in but Bennett himself. Vernon Wells, Wes, Bennett. Freddie Mercury looking motherfucker. Freddie Mercury on steroids, as he likes to describe himself mm. and his uh, approach I, here. I don't know about steroids on uh, the... You want to have the Bennett conversation now? Because we have to have this conversation at some point. We can have it, but I'm just saying, I wouldn't say steroids. <laughs> Let's just do it now. Like, on this is a thought that I've had for 25 years. Like, on what planet is this guy a match for Arnold Schwarzenegger? None. Uh, I mean, it, it's definitely something we will talk about at when the moment happens. But I think on a performance level, he did his job. He performed well. He's got some good moments. The where performance is great. It's the just performance the physi- is great. It's just the physicality. It's just like, and I get if the trivia or whatever is to be believed, he was a last minute casting. So they yeah, couldn't like, yeah. he's wearing tight clothes and stuff and stuff that literally doesn't fit him. Um, he's got a gut. He's got, uh, I mean, he's not in, he's not like in terrible shape. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying he's not looking in great shape. Like nothing about him screams like this dude's in shape. Yeah. And he's up against the most in shape man literally on the planet. 
who is cast in movies because of his shape. Uh, and exactly. so, <laughs> and they're playing this character up the whole time about being this killer who's probably just as good, if maybe a hair less good than John Matrix, right. but he had a thirst for killing, so he, he had to be exiled from the from the forces and stuff like that. A little and bit too murdery. Too murdery, absolutely. This guy just loved killing too much, and so he had to be ousted, but... I really like his performance. I'm just going to say that. I like his performance. He has some really bad lines that I love, uh, and I'll call them out whenever we come to them. Uh, they're really bad, uh, but they're awesome, and they're great in this movie. A surprise the today's payday i've been looking for you matrix shoots him with a trank dart and that's it he goes to sleep now this is i'm going to do a quick pause okay and i'm going to clarify the capital a arnold moment i think for the rest of this podcast i think okay. so you can work with me if we're you know yeah. but we'll anyway shape this definition capital a arnold moment something happens that is unbelievable but you can believe it because you're seeing arnold do it so okay the carrying the tree on his shoulder Capital okay. A Arnold moment. It looks amazing. It's unbelievable, but it happens. And you're like, I believe this could happen. Um, okay. Pushing the the truck down the hill single-handedly. You believe that it could happen. Uh, in Conan the Destroyer, when he bends the bars. Okay. Unbelievable. But you could believe it because Arnold's doing it. Okay. When he, when the, he says wrong and turns around and blasts the dude in the head. Really good moment. Like awesome scene. Great moment. Not a capital A Arnold moment. Okay. So the, okay. All right. I can operate in this definition. We'll see how it feels. Yeah. We'll see how it feels for the rest of this movie because we have a thousand of them left to go. Yeah. That's a, we'll, we'll feel, we'll see how it feels. But, uh, you know, Matrix wakes up. He's, uh, he's in some warehouse. He's tied to someplace. We're introduced to, uh, President Arius. What is a, <laughs> do you know, you remember what Bennett says as soon as he wakes up? The first thing that Arnold hears when he wakes up. No. He says, tranquilizers. Oh, he's like, I want to use the real thing, right? Doesn't he say, like, I, <laughs> I want just, to use... I just, like, think of, like, the guy's just had his his daughter kidnapped. He had his home raided. He saw... He's had a couple dudes dead, soldiers killed there. He drove the truck down. He brawls these guys. Then he gets shot, and he wakes up. His first sight is Freddie Mer fat Freddie Mercury looking down <laughs> at him and going... And literally just saying tranquilizers that's a rough <laughs> day that's a real it's probably one of the uh, worst days you could ever have like yeah that's, that's not the sight you want to see when you first wake up is uh fat fat, fat Freddie and it's not also also not like super intimidating to be like it's not like we got you like or something it's just like tranquilizers <laughs> that's it anyway yeah so we meet um we meet the other um arius arius Colonel Matrix. I think this is when they start calling him Colonel Matrix mm -hmm. or whatever. He's like, do you remember me? He's like, I remember you, scumbag. He explains that like John's unit was the one that helped overthrow President Arius from his dictatorship and institute democracy. So Arius has kidnapped his daughter and he's like, I've had to kill your men. I had to fake Bennett's death so that Kirby would lead me to you because you were in hiding. This is the third person that we saw killed in the opening montage. He yeah. thought he was getting killed on the boat, but he wasn't. And he explains, like, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to Valverde, fictional country of Valverde, but you're going to go there because President trusts you. He named you the hero of the revolution. You're going to kill him. And I'm going to take power. Yeah, I'm going to take back. Otherwise, I'm going to mail your daughter to you in pieces. And he's like, why don't you have Bennett do it? Sounds like something he would get off on. He just loves killing too much or whatever. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, because the president trusts you a lot more or whatever, whatever, whatever. Look at this guy. Yeah. He's like, I'm basically not gonna. what it's like. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to, you know, uh, 
I'm not going to help you guys. And so, that's yeah, when they yeah. wheel he out, starts wheel, like, wheel out Jenny. He's like, fuck you. He starts, he's like, I'm not doing this. And then they wheel out Jenny. There she is. So now she's here, right? So before the dude tries to do this negotiation before this moment, right? The dude in the house. She's not there. So he's like, you're done. You're dead, dude. Like it, you should have had her here with the knife to her throat here. And then I would have not killed you, but she's not here. So you're dead. Uh, now he's tied to the bed, which is, that's probably why they wouldn't have done it there because he probably would have ended up killing them all and saving her because right. he would have been armed. But now he's tied down. She comes in. He literally cannot save her right now. She's in a wheelchair. She's strapped up and there's a knife to her throat. He's like, okay, I'm going to do it. That's how, that's how he agrees. Uh, and so here's my, here's my question, Dustin. Okay. Knife to the throat of the person you love. What, how far would you go? What, what's What's too far? What is the line that you would not cross even for the life of a loved one? Like me personally? I mean, I'm no threat. Like I'm a, I got no skills. <laughs> don't, but sell if you, I have, don't sell yourself short here. <laughs> if I have the skills of John Matrix, I think the move that he plays is the smart move. Well, here's what you I say. Here's, yes. here's my answer. Here's my answer. I see what you're saying. I agree. You're right. I mean. Because you're like, if I say no now. It's a, you, you can't say no. You're not. He kills us both. Yeah, which is which is a failure of the plan of the bad guys to begin with is that you're not giving him an opportunity to have a genuine reaction. Of course, he's going to say yes, whether he's serious about that or not. You're not even giving him a chance. He's going to say yes. Yeah. Here's the line. Here's the line. All right. You're the parent. Someone's someone's you need you got to teach me. I have no kids. Someone's got my kids and they're like, you got to do stuff. You got to do some bad stuff now. I would say um, the line is. At what point would I hope at least for my kids to say, he shouldn't have done that for me. And that's where I wouldn't cross it. I wouldn't want them to be like, oh, my dad loves me so much he murdered innocent people. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think, yeah. I mean, they're always going to have, I okay. Yeah. Okay. That's gotcha. when I would be like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. It's too far. Like if you're like, dude, go, you know, rob a, go steal some candy from a you know, whatever. I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, don't hurt my kids. But if it's like, so that's anyway, I, maybe this thought exercise was not as, as no, I interesting just, I as was, I hoped, but I was behind. I get what you're saying. It took me a minute to get there, sadly, <laughs> but I got there. Um, I think, I think age plays a part of it because, you know, she's 10. She's not like an infant. So I think like, or even a young toddler or a young kid, I think she'd probably like could think of some of the stuff you said, or at least understand it. I mean, once they're like, 15 then yeah they'll definitely understand and probably like start to understand the concept of like utilitarianism of like obviously don't go mow down 50 innocent people for my life right. i think they start to understand that concept a little bit more but i you know i don't think you're telling me as a parent like i don't think love this is again these are the lessons that i just remember from being a kid is my dad of just being like rationality is out the window like if someone's got your kid that's all you care about right i'm just saying in the terms of these types of movies where someone does have all of the leverage and it's like, what line would you just be like? I'm not crossing it. I'm not crossing that line. Um, mm, and I, I, I get I mean, it. I get you, it. Like, if, I mean, if I, I, I would. I think do, you have a lot of parents out there who would say there is no line. I would. I would definitely on the on the thought of fighting the people who have done this to my family. There's not a line there. But I see what you're saying. Like, go and overthrow a, a democracy for a dictatorship, and there's obviously going to be a lot of bloodshed. I don't know, man. I think a lot of there's parents out, like rationality goes out the window. Me as the observer, I understand what you're saying. Absolutely, of course, you don't want to like. But I think as a, as a parent in the moment, that's a little, a little harder. 
I also don't think this movie maybe warrants this level of analysis. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, uh, you're yeah, absolutely right. Um, yeah, he's like, I'm doing it. All right, fine. Let's go. Whatever. Got, got to do it. We get a quick scene at uh, back at his house. Kirby's there. You find him. He's like, they're guys. They're like carrying away all the dead people and stuff from his house. And that's when he gives us the line to illustrate how much, how crazy of a fighter John is. He's like, if he was still alive, I'd expect more bodies. And then we're back. And then we go to the airport. We go to the airport. Uh, car with Bennett and John Matrix have arrived. They're dropping him off at the airport with his handler, Enriquez. Yes, we're introduced to two other people at this moment. They pull up. Bennett's driving, I think. Bennett's driving. He steps. Matrix steps out of the car. Two men are to go with him. One is to watch him get on the plane. And the other is to be there and make sure he gets off the plane. Bennett's rocking his chain mail, and I'm just laughing. Why is he rocking the chain mail everywhere he goes? And John says, how much are they paying you, Bennett? What did you think of <laughs> What did you think of his response? <laughs> they offered me a hundred grand, but when I heard it get to you, I said I'd do it for nothing. Feels like not enough money. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a mercenary. You have to have like really hate someone to turn down a hundred. Like, even if you hate them, still take the hundred thousand. Oh, I think he's taking it. He's just saying, <laughs> he's just saying like, I, I'm happy to be doing this for a hundred thousand, uh, but a hundred thousand? How much time is this taking? How dangerous is this? This is very dangerous. Yeah, who knows? But that's when we get the uh, Bennett gets in the car to drive away. And that's when we get the Terminator number two. Terminator number two. He's like, I'll be back, Bennett. Slam the door in his face. And this is uh, Bennett's uh, first really bad line where he goes, goes, I'll be waiting, John. He goes, as they're walking away, I'll be back, Bennett. Starts walking away. And Bennett kind of mulls that for a sec, chews on it a little bit. And then he goes, John, John, I'll be waiting, John. <laughs> You're making him sound more like nerdy than he is. No, like, this on, delivery that- is terrible. Well, the, the delivery is amazing, but this line John. is really bad. I'll be waiting, John. He says John like three times in the span of this one sentence. Did you read the theory? I guess it's maybe not a theory. If you, I think a couple years ago, the director claims this was the motivation and how he was directing that. Bennett was apparently in love with John Matrix. Romantic love. I definitely get some sexual tension out of Bennett. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bennett definitely like horny for John, didn't go his way, and the love has turned into rage. (laughs) That's putting it a little bit farther than I maybe saw it, but I definitely had like, especially in this last, the final like, confrontation i mean there's nothing to spoil in this movie just yeah, so you know we're not yeah um the, in the final confrontation i definitely got some some <laughs> some intense tension from there but it seemed maybe like more like someone who was like suppressing something or couldn't admit to something and then it just kind of like was boiling out in this rage uh but uh yeah yeah i always just i think growing up i always just saw it as like inadequacy yes he has this like thirst for killing but he was never as good as john as a soldier as and as a fighter and that kind of like feeling inadequate lending itself to insecurity and blah 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 there's blah, that blah, too blah. but anyway so they're walking through the airport so we have enriquez we have sully and we have john matrix going through the airport in a very 1980s airport pre 9-11 security they just breeze right through the security. There's like no one at the airport. I remember those days. Walk right through one si- one simple metal detector. Also the days when you could actually like walk someone to the gate. Mm. Like when you could actually oh, like yeah. see someone off. Totally. And now you can't do that anymore. But so Sully walks him right up to the gate. Sully's a, he's a creepy dude, man. Oh, he's a 
disgusting. His whole thing is he just has some like repulsive lines. Uh, and oh, this yeah. go around, especially like there was one that I don't think I like, I always knew he was repulsive. Like that's his whole thing. There's one line that we get to where Ooh, I was like, terrible. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I didn't, and it's not this one, but he, you know, he says, he gives him like some money and he's like, have some beers in Valverde matrix. It'll give everyone a little bit more time with your daughter. And that's when we get, I think one of my favorite lines in the movies where he's like, you're a funny guy, Zully. So I'm going to kill you last. Mm-hmm. I love that one. That one's one of the best. It's a good one because it's showing right away. Like he's not intimidated by these two guys. And it's also like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill everybody. Everybody else is dead and I'm going to get you to you. And I'm not afraid right now to even say it in your faces. You two here do not scare me. <laughs> So they board the plane, Enrique's and Matrix. They board the plane. His outfit rules, by the way, Enrique's. Enrique's? Oh, yeah. He's the got white the white jacket, Hawaiian. the red shirt, the chain, the hat, all working for me. Yeah. Uh, I just love, like, the whole, this whole plane sequence is one of my favorites because it's so, like, just calculated and methodical where she's like, he's like, hey, uh, can I have a blanket and a pillow? She's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Gets the blanket and the pillow and just instantly kills Enrique's. He elbows him in the face, snaps his neck, covers him with the pillow and the blanket and takes his hat and covers his face like and no one reacts. It's so fast. No one reacts. It happens so fast. He like (laughs) there's no way no one doesn't react. He gets the blanket and the pillow. He reaches down like he's going to tie his shoes or something. And then he just elbows him right in the face and then, yeah, reaches over, snaps his neck and just like sets him up like he's napping, puts the pillow behind his head, the blanket over him and the hat over his face. And this scene, this is an legendary Arnold moment forever. This scene. Say, is this a capital A Arnold moment? Because you don't believe someone elbowing someone in the face and snapping their neck with no one around. So to this, like- this is a capital A Arnold moment for sure. And it's because this action and the one line, the subsequent one liner, this is the thing that will be called back to with all subsequent one liners from Arnold in any future movie. This is the moment that they're referencing when they when they're chuckling about Arnold one liners it's because of this one you think I would think it's more Sully or any of the I think there's others but I think this is one of the great ones so so what does he say he he elbows him he kills him he throws the blanket he puts him like he's sleeping and uh he the the um stewardess walks past he says well, yes, he says, how long to Valverde? How, how long like, to Valverde? Yes. We land in exactly 11 hours. Like, how can you be so certain? Not a minute longer, not a minute quicker. Exactly 11 hours. And he goes, okay, great. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Amazing. Amazing. Great one. Amazing. It's a good one. It's, it's not amazing. one of my favorites, but it's a great one. I, I think that it it's great to me because of it's so stupid. Like the, the other one to come, the Sully one is is delightful it's fun it's funny it's great um this one is so stupid and so dumb and it works it just totally works and whenever in future movies when he does one-liners and they're super dumb i in my opinion they're looking back at this moment don't disturb my friend he's dead tired (laughs) this is what they're calling back to I watched this twice uh, in preparation this episode, but one of the times I watched it with my partner and it was the first time she'd ever seen it. Um, so I like turned her on. She to didn't it laugh. The, she did. Oh, she laughed. Oh, like, she, part, I mean, okay, like good. it was like, a, not like a, she wasn't laughing at the joke. She was laughing at the dumb, how stupid it is. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yes. 
just laughing. She's like, this movie is ridiculous. I'm like, that's why it's so, so good. Stupid. That's amazing. <laughs> but that's why it's so good. It's so good. And it keeps going. It keeps and we keep we keep going right away because he's up uh and the plane starts moving. He says for, he's just said, Don't disturb my friend. So for eleven hours, apparently they're not gonna disturb him. Uh, but <laughs> he gets up and the um flight attendant she approaches him you got to stay in your seat like we're taking off you cannot be walking around and he said <laughs> he touches his stomach and he says i'm airsick oh, okay well in that case by all means move around the cabin do whatever you need to do you're airsick excuse me and yeah just, i mean well i don't want to clean up th- puke if this guy's going to the bathroom have at it pal i'm not trying to clean up throw up this whole time no thanks i guess so but uh, i mean if you got a rule that's you can't be walking around during takeoff. I don't know. Maybe they would make him sit down. In my experience, uh, they would make him sit down, but whatever. He goes to the bathroom. Um, quit real quick, real quick, real quick. Been seeing a lot of footage lately of people giving flight attendants a hard time and doing crazy stuff in airplanes. Don't, don't do, do that. that. Yeah, don't do that. If you're doing that, you suck. You do suck. If the, be nice to your be nice to service workers. If, I swear, man, people's <laughs> brains are fried. If you don't me. like wearing masks on airplanes, don't fly. Uh, if you don't like wearing masks, that's fine. I don't like wearing masks either. If they tell you to wear a mask on the plane, you got to wear it on the plane and don't be an asshole. You suck if you're going to be one of those people. Then also don't murder people on airplanes unless they kidnapped your children, I guess. Yeah, then you can definitely murder them at that point. Uh, so he gets up. Goes to the bathroom. I don't think it's the bathroom. He, he doesn't goes to go this, to the like, bathroom, though. You're right. It's like a it's like a cargo elevator. He walks towards the bathroom, and then somehow he's like in the bottom cargo area of the plane, and he's just walking through, rips open this wall thing of whatever, and there's a dog barking at him, and he's like, oh, shit. And then he walks past the dog and uh, goes down to where the... Uh, landing gear. Yeah, landing gear, on the gear landing gear. Opens the hatch and re- steps out onto the landing gear. So here's here's my one thing that I had to look up. And this was literally just me Googling. Okay. How fast is a plane going when it takes off? Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Good physics experiment here. Yeah. So um, my scientific approach, which was typing that phrase into Google, says 150 to 177 miles per hour. Yes. Oh, he hits this, like he would hit this <laughs> swamp like a rock. Like it would feel <laughs> he, like concrete. He climbs down of this plane that is taking off and holds the landing gear. The airplane starts lifting off into the air. The wheels are not on the ground anymore. He is still holding the landing gear. And then as they come to the end of the runway, there's this kind of swampy wet area and he drops off. He jumps off of the flying airplane as it's taking off into the swamp water at approximately 150 to 177 miles per hour. Yeah, he would hit that swamp like as if it was concrete. He'd bounce. It would be bad. But capital A Arnold. Capital A Arnold. Absolutely. Perfect. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely. That's two of them in this in this scene here. It's like one wide shot. You see the dummy and then it's like him landing very gently from just over the frame. <laughs> you see the dummies just looks like a corpse falling. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I love it. I love every minute. I'm here for it. Yes, it rules. He lands in the swamp. He makes his way back to the airport. He's basically sneaking along the runways. He's hopping rides on the uh, baggage carriers and stuff. And as he's sneaking through back through the airport, uh, we get our first glimpse of Cindy because um, he's kind of like he's following Sully. He's at a payphone, but also Cindy, who's at a payphone. And she's not having a pleasant conversation. No, she's talking about how I think her flight was candled or whatever. 
and Sully, man, with his super high pants just creeping. Creeping right away, man. He's real bad news. Just like, oof. He's like instantly starting to hit on her. And she's like, no, I can't go on a date with you because I have my 730 advanced karate class. <laughs> mm-hmm. Question for you. She's a very uh, capable individual in this. She's a pilot. She's this, that, and the other. Was she taking an advanced karate class or was she simply, or is that like a get away from me creep? I know karate kind of like a defense mechanism. She's definitely taking a advanced karate class. I think she was protecting him. She was like, do you want to die today? He does not get the message yet. And this is where we get into <sighs> some really, really Real bad, bad moment for him, uh, which they're not trying to make him like a redemptive character or a likable character, but he has this a, makes you super uncomfortable. Makes you though. super uncomfortable. It sucks. And uh, there's people like this. Yeah. And that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. Yeah. Yep. But he follows her out to her car. She's just trying to get in her car. And she's like, he's like, you don't know what you're missing. She's like, you look like a nightmare. Will you please leave me alone? I got something I'd really like to give you, he says. And she says, well, from here, it looks like a nightmare. (laughs) Please leave me alone. Like, she couldn't be more clear. And she has been from the beginning. She was like, I am not interested. This is I am. This is not happening. Please go away. I'm having a bad day. I don't want to be talking to you. You're still near me talking to me. And I just want you to leave. Yep, just and then just hits her with like a gross slur, you know, at the end, you know, and just like any uh, proper incel. Yeah, totally. Um, he, he's like one of the first uh, or earliest or uh, one of the first documented, at least first documented incels. Uh, and um, then he thankfully he leaves her alone. He leaves. He turns around and walks away. He says his terrible thing. And I think he was done with that. He was in his mind. This was now over, which I guess that's that's good. Yeah. But John sneaks up behind her, grabs her, kind of muffles her. He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. Rips the seed out of her car. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, have, I have a note here that says he turns around and leaves her alone. He, he turns around and he leaves to leave her alone. But you know who doesn't leave her alone? John Matrix. Definitely. That's a very traumatic <laughs> yeah. five minutes for Cindy. She just had so, like the absolute creep, creepiest of the creeps creeping on her. And she turns him away. Finally, he leaves. As soon as he leaves, she gets a massive hand over her face. And he's like, I'm not going to hurt you, but I need you to just follow this car. Yeah. Follow this car. Drive after him. She gets in her driver's seat. He opens the passenger side door and (laughs) rips out the passenger seat. Rips it. He doesn't. It's the only way he's going to fit in this tiny car. He doesn't cut it. He doesn't do it. He, with his muscles, rips it out. Capital A Arnold moment. Yep. Rips it right out. Throws it out. And she's like obviously distraught. They start chasing Sully. He's like, keep, you know, keep close. He's like, make her to run red lights and all sort of stuff. She's sitting in a seat and she's at a normal height. He's sitting on the floor of the car where a seat should be. And he's equal height to her. I assume he's, you know, he's ripping out the seat so that he is like, is less conspicuous, but he still just looks like a normal person. He still looks like a normal person. Yes. (laughs) And he's got his arm out the side. It's like, (laughs) it's driving Their Their heads are the same height. And uh, if it, if the camera angle, if the camera angle is on Arnold's side of the car, you just see massive forearm over the side of like taking up half of the size of the door. I so I told you I mentioned I watched this with a couple lines coming up, a couple moments coming up throughout this when I was watching it with uh, my partner. We we had uh, had had a couple of drinks and she was she had some like really funny lines uh, throughout this. Nice. Um, just can't wait to tell you about those. But um, we get to the Sully goes to this mall and so they they're kind of like sneaking up 
to this mall and he goes to like a i guess it's like bar in the mall or whatever like a restaurant it's like a fox and hound if you like have a fox and hound at your local mall you know what we're talking about here like a just kind of a, a restaurant bar. Arnold and Cindy are hiding behind a post and she's like, can I go now? And she's like, I just need one more thing from you. Like they have my daughter. All I need you to do is like go over, flirt with him a bit. What did he think to- she was going to do? I don't know, but flirt with him a bit, get him to come over here so that I can jump him. And once I've jumped him, you're home free. I never need you again. I just, I need this guy for information or whatever. And she's like, uh, dude, she's not going to do this. No, she's not going to do it. Like no way. Like how do how do you assume that she's like, this is a, how do you assume this plan is ever going to happen? You have like, you got here, man. Like she got you here. You need to just ask her like, please now, like just leave me alone. Like, and don't like, just go and don't call the cops on me, please. That's all I'm asking. Don't tell about this. Call the cops on me in like 30 minutes. I'm going to try and get this dealt with quickly. Call the cops on me in like 30 minutes. Just give me like a minute to do that. Don't be like, go in Flirt with the guy. Tell him you're crazy about him. Bring him out here and then I'll I'll deal with it. She's not going to do that, dude. No way. Very poor plan. You would think he would be able to just be able to like get the drop on Sully somehow, grab him and harass him and do whatever he needs to do to him or whatever. But if he did that, we wouldn't get what is one of the best scenes in cinema history coming up here. So For it's sure. uh, worked out. So he sends her into the bar. Instantly, she doesn't do this. Instead of going to Sully, she um, goes to the cops, which is what someone would do. Any normal person would do. Not a cop, like a like a mall security guard. This mall has more security guards than any mall in America. And she says like, hey, this guy's like, uh, <laughs> this guy's like, you know, I'm in danger or whatever. And this is so funny. This guy looks over and there's like humongous Arnold. It's amazing. Like, tries to hide behind this pillar and he just looks so goofy. He, it looks so goofy. The cop looks out. You see Arnold's face and then he leans his face backwards behind the pillar. But his chest and gut are like <laughs> still exposed. It's like this is supposed to be the best soldier in the world and he's just got this like stupid <laughs> bewildered look on his face like it's so funny it's like when you have a child hiding behind like a tree or like a you know whatever a pole yeah. or something and they don't fit behind it but like you're like where's the kid where are you i can't see you and they're like their whole body is sticking out of the thing they're hiding behind and they're like giggling that's arnold in this moment it's amazing so the security guard like takes a look Gets on the radio and his partner has like two just phenomenal lines here. Back to back. Great lines. Back to back. So he ra- he radios to his partner and he goes, hey, man, I, g- I got this guy. He might be a wacko. I don't think I can take him alone. <laughs> I think he's a wacko. And meanwhile, his partner's like his partner's like another mall security guard, like flirting with girls or whatever. And he's like, he just looks at me and goes, you want to see me kick some ass? <laughs> just... <laughs> So good. You want to see me kick some ass? And they're like, oh. Uh, and then he goes, uh, right, like they're still on radio. Some of the stuff's playing out between uh, Sully and this guy he's meeting. I guess they're doing a deal. They're doing a briefcase transfer, handing over some cash. He's meeting this guy who's like entirely unrelated to unrelated. the whole like the Valverde plot or whatever. It's like some side hustle Sully's got going on. Anyway, they he's that's going on. They're doing their thing. We cut back to the same security guard, and he's like, what does he say? He's like, I got a, I got a visual or whatever. Attention all units. Emergency on the theater level. Suspect, six foot two, brown hair. He's one gigantic motherfucker. Amazing delivery. <laughs> so so good. good, and it's just amazing. Love it. 
So these security guards make swarm on him on this pillar. And they're like, what are you doing, man? What? Right before that happens. The one thing happens before that happens. We cut back to Sully and his deal making guy. And he looks over the side and he sees that she's here. He just saw this woman. She, she just turned him down. And now she's following him. How strange. How strange is that? Um, so, yeah. I ha- Yeah. Oh, gross. Anyways. <laughs> so they the security guards approach Arnold. They get into a fight. The commotion causes Sully to see it. And he's like, holy shit. Matrix is off the plane. He doesn't have a quarter. We talked about him there during the Terminator episode about like pay phones and how you're going to totally. explain that to his son. He's like frantically looking for a quarter. He's like reaching in Cindy's purse or whatever, her pocket trying to get a quarter. He's and apparently he knows how to where to grab one because he pulls one out in like two seconds. Finds one right away. And they start going into a fight. And uh, so, you know, this fight breaks out and there's a lot of great moments in this fight. Arnold's just like knocking these cops or, or security guards around, punching them off. So he makes a run for the phone Matrix booth. has to get this... Once Sully sees him, Matrix is on a very short time limit now. Sully is going to make the call. He's going to get busted, and the whole jig is up. So he does not have time to deal with these cops. So he starts throwing them down. Jumps off this platform, runs up to the phone booth that Sully went into, and just starts shaking. Like He breaks the glass because Sully shoots. Sully fires at him, and he dips it, but the glass shatters and then he just grabs the whole thing starts shaking it back and forth the glass is falling out all over the place lifts it up and it rips out of the ground and he just throws it launches this phone booth that he rips out of the wall literally lifts an entire phone booth with a man inside of it with a human man inside of it crazy capital a arnold moment capital a arnold moment it's awesome one car one security guard's about to kind of like get the drop on him i think he's gonna like shoot at him or whatever and then cindy decides that now she wants to help so she like yeah. knocks him down she the comes stairs. after the knocks the security guard down the stairs and then um like cindy you gotta you gotta pick a lane here like oh well yeah for sure and she's you know still not committed like, we in, in a little bit we get her that she yeah yeah so she needs to pick a lane she knocks this cop down after like this fight broke out kind of your fault yeah totally like, i'm not saying fault. i blame your choice but this fight is your fault so maybe you should stay out of it now you want to like make it worse right you just told the cops to go after the guy and now you're attacking the cop who's going after the guy yeah, makes no sense and then the the dude in the who was doing the deal with the briefcase he's worst out criminal here. of all time he starts blasting cops he guns out shoots a cop get worst criminal of all time he they're they're they like want nothing to do with him and he just decides like i gotta run out you're not going to take me. And he starts like shooting cops and he gets shot and the money goes flying. But like, dude, you have no chill. You were the worst criminal of all time. Hold on. Hold on. Let me push back on that for one sec. You're not a criminal. I'm not a criminal. Whenever you have done something that you were questioning the um, legitimacy of, do you just feel like people are just watching you? Like all eyes on you? Yeah, because I'm a square. Totally. Like, if I'm like, yes, like that, this dude, like, so, but so like hold on. dudes who are this involved dude, in the drug trade should be squares. just did the deal, right? Like he just hand, he, he took a briefcase full of cat or he, yeah, I guess he took, what did they do? He gave him an envelope full of cash and he has a briefcase what full it, of cash. So what's the deal? Whatever. They both have cash. Whatever they did was an illegal deal, right? And there's cops crashes. You're the guy you just did the deal with is running you're probably assuming that this is related to you. Yeah, whatever. This guy, like, he just needs to look. Yeah. He, he comes he's out. not a good criminal. Comes out Worst firing. criminal of all time. Hits a, he shoots a cop. Um, and then he gets shot. He, he as he spins around to fall off of this balcony, he spins the briefcase around and the cash goes flying everywhere. 
And there's a great, great moment where there's a there's a great moment after that where there's about ten security guards have all dogpiled onto Arnold and like Neo and Matrix Reloaded, he just blasts them all away and gets out of this and he's kicking some ass. And then Sully gets away. Sully gets into the elevator. And we get the sweet Tarzan swing because it has like one of those like balloon like things that like that used to be in malls. And he just rips it off, does this like sick Tarzan swing so he can get on the elevator. He jumps off the, elevator. the, top of the elevator. He swings over to the top of the elevator. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Props to them for not including like a Tarzan sound effect. I'm really glad they didn't do that. That would have been, that too been much. bad. Again, there's like. 50 security guards or cops in this mall or whatever and they're still fighting him sully escapes but like he's just fighting him off finally gets out in the parking lot sully hits him with the car stands up like it's nothing yeah. you could believe that arnold would get hit by a car and it would be yes nothing, totally right? this yeah i mean it's not like a big car but i don't think it matters if you get hit by a car i guess <laughs> but he gets hit he gets back up uh and then he jumps back into cindy's car and she's there she's all distraught and she was like you kidnapped me. You ripped the seat out of my car. You asked me to help your. You asked me to help you get your back. Do- get your back, your daughter, which I do. And now you won't even tell me what's going on. And I was watching this with my partner, and like I said, we had had a few drinks, and she, she just goes, "No, bitch, you didn't do that. You like ratted him out." <laughs> I fell in love all over again. Mm-hmm. It was like she says, "Are you going to tell me what's going on?" And I was watching it and I was like, he just told you what was going on. He told you what was going on in the mall when he said that his daughter was kidnapped. That's what he told you. This is what's going on. You weren't in on this plan. So why are you now all of a sudden saying that like, uh, I, I graciously tried to help you get your daughter back. Like, no, no, you, that whole fight just broke out because help. of you. Now, again, me as the observer, I understand why you went to the cops. However, me as rooting for John Matrix, why did you do that? She says, this was your fault. Are you going to tell me what's going on? He just goes, no. And she goes, no, 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 which is uh, a funny moment. Um, I'm struggling with Cindy right here, though. I'm struggling with Cindy. For, You're not feeling Cindy for a bit for this. For her a journey bit goes here. quick. I was going to talk about when we get there. Yeah, her journey goes quick. Um, but before we get to the end of her journey, we get into this. Uh, where it's basically a car chase. Eventually, they run Sully off the road. His car flips on its side as they're smashing. Cindy is going, my car. <laughs> yeah, her car is screwed. They crash into a telephone pole, which would have killed anybody. Would have killed anyone else, but Arnold just by his sheer presence protects Cindy. And he says, "Are you okay?" He gets out, grabs Sully. So he's impressively defiant at first, I'll say. Sully at first, he goes like, "I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm I'm up. I'm he stands up to him." Uh and he, well, he's like, "Where's Where my is daughter?" She, Sully? He's like, "Kiss my Kiss ass." My ass. <laughs> and he goes, I can't hear you, so I need to say it a little louder then. Get fucked. Say it a little louder. Get fucked. Which is an amazing line. I will say that was a very formative insult for me. Uh, Like, as nice. The way he says it, like, just, I love get fucked. Like, I've always just loved it, and it's come from this movie growing up. (laughs) I'll say it a little louder. Get fucked. Amazing. And, like, dude, I, I like, it's cool that he, like, had that moment. Dude, you had no chance. I would have felt like Sully should have been on his knees right here and been like, I will take you to your daughter. Please don't kill me because you don't have a chance. I like it. And then he's like, your loyalty is really impressive, Sully. But what is more important? He's like, but that's not important now. What is more important is gravity. And he holds and he just him. Flips him up, holding him by one arm, dangling him over a cliff, a literal cliff. This is my weak arm, Sully. Got to remind you. 
He's like, where should I go? You know, he's like, where's my daughter? Where should I go? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know where I'll, I'll don't kill me. I know where she, I don't know where she is, but I know who does. He's I'll take you to cook. And he's like, but you won't. He's like, why? Cause I found this key in your pocket when I was kicking your ass. I already know where he is. That's when we get one of the, I, is this, what's the most famous line from this movie? Is it this one? I think it's this one. It's either you're a funny guy, Sully. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Or where he's like, hey, Sully, remember when I said I was going to kill you last? He's like, that's right, Matrix, you did. I lied. I think that's got to be probably the most, like, I think probably the, the most famous line from this movie. Blow off some steam. Oh, yeah. That might be that might be right. Dead Tired is also up there. It's one of these four. Like, I think Dead Tired is right up there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, dangling him over the cliff says where where's my daughter the guy doesn't have the answer but he's you know and what he does have to give him is something he already knows which is where cook is cook right the cook's the name of the that's his character bill duke yeah cook he knows where cook is already so he's literally has nothing left to gain from sully lets him go screams falls to his death amazing goes back to cindy she's like we don't have a car I'm just going to flip Sully's car back over. We got a car. What, said, what'd you do with Sully? What do th- I let him go. What do you think? Capital A? Uh, tipping yeah, tipping well, the car over? It's it's up there, but it's also like a really small car. And I think, you know, I'm not saying like I could do it, but of like of the things he does in this movie, this car is just like really small. And I just think it's close. It's close. It looks good. Him coming over and just being like, this car is literally on its side. And he's like, pushes it over. Now I have a car. It's good. So now that we know where Sully was heading, because we found the key, we head off to this motel. We drive to the motel. Where we, uh, and on the on the trip to the motel, that's when Matrix gives Cindy a little bit more detail. Like he shows her a picture, explains like, hey, they kidnapped my daughter. They want me to overthrow this one president, but I know it doesn't really matter. They're going to kill her anyway. So the only way chance that I have is if I get to her before whatever i only have eight hours left at this point because he programmed his watch for the 11 hours that it takes before they'll realize that he's not in valverde kind of doing this mission and this is the moment for her where she has the okay i've seen enough to believe what you're saying which was the same thing we've talked about before in other movies at what point have you seen enough ridiculousness to believe the ridiculousness and then go along with it this is the point for her when she crosses over to okay Yes, apparently you're not a bad person. Yeah, and to this movie's credit, because this movie doesn't waste any time, it just it goes quick. Her journey is on screen. It's like five minutes. She literally goes from like I hate you to all right, ride and die. I'm in, and I'm like, yep, that's what's up, movie. That's like, this let's movie. keep it moving, and it's perfect. And they they continue to do that. Whether it's it's not just her that they do it with, they do it with everything. <laughs> Yeah, you've seen this. You've seen this uh, trope before. You've seen this plot device before. Like a character who's put in an unusual circumstance, who has to kind of go on the journey to learn and uh, get comfortable, and then be a supporter of their the protagonist. And this movie does it in about five minutes, and it's great. In the meantime, they've kind of shown, uh, um, not Cindy, um, Jenny, at the compound, and they're giving her a room, or they're taking her wherever she's going. They're kind of cutting back to to this stuff. But yeah, so they get to. They use the key. They go into Sully's room, start looking around, start searching, trying to find stuff. Eventually, Cook rolls up, knocks on the door, and Arnold's like, oh, man, it's Cook. And this, they throw this plan together so fast. Yeah. Cindy, quick learner. She like she's on she's on the same, wave, same wavelength as Matrix. He comes over, rips open her top button, which 
okay a little a little aggressive, a little aggressive. He just been like he could have just been like hey pop that top button all right just because we got to make this look i mean good. It, it's all happening fast right there's a knock at the door he's not coming on to her like that's not what's happening clearly there's a knock at the door they know who's at the door the person they want he rips the button off and then he's like it's still it just i was like Boo. but he did it <laughs> and uh then he's like Go tell him you had a great time. Go go over to the door, act like you had it. So this is the second time that he's like, yeah, Sully, like you're like really into him. Like just like act like you're really into using him. her yeah, for the same romantic bait. Yeah, for the same dude. Uh, and then he goes, turns on the shower. So the shower's on. Hey, pretending like Sully's in the shower. She's going to go to the door, open the door and be like, Sully's in the shower. We just had a good time. Anyway, she opens the door. Cook is like not feel. He's not moved by this. Like this is not. He's just like, he's like, who are you? Who are you? Where's Sully? Where's Sully? He walks in. Hey, Sully. And then he's jumped by John Matrix because he was hiding behind the door. Taps on the back shoulder, turns around, rocked in the jaw right away. What do you think of this fight? It's not great. It's not. The fight choreography. You're right. The fight choreography is a little weak. I have the same thought about this. I was like, this should have been. I feel like this could have been better. This is like a kind of a low point in the movie. It's not bad. It's not like. It's very lumbering. And yeah, uh, it's just, and it's, you know, they're in this they have, tight area. They have like one good moment where. Um, so they're squaring up, right? So they've been brawling a little bit, trash in the room a little bit. And then they're squaring up. Uh, he says, you scared, motherfucker? Well, you should be, because the Green Berets going to kick your big ass. I eat Green Berets for breakfast. And right now, I'm very hungry. I can't believe this macho bullshit. Whatever. <laughs> we could have done better with this. Yeah, I'd read that it was that line is related to the... It almost feels like a little bit of revisionist history, history to me, but I guess that line is a, the whole, like, Stallone versus Schwarzenegger thing, which was definitely a thing in the 80s, but, like... I guess the idea being Rambo is a Green Beret. So he's saying like, I eat Green Berets for breakfast. So I'm way better than Rambo. Mm. Whether that's to be believed or just a little bit of revisionist history on IMDb. I mean, yeah, it was okay. Like the line was fine. But like, I kind of, they they built this dude up. He killed all, this is the guy that killed all of his men, right? This is the guy who was in the, in the beginning of the movie was chasing him down. Uh, so you kind of would have hoped for maybe a little bit better of a thing than this. Arnold ends up. Um, uh, so, well, they break into the room and we find they break into the the adjacent room. And this is where you have the interrupting the hookup scene. You got to have, well, not just the hookup. So this was one thing that I had never noticed before. <laughs> I noticed. All my watch- I Go on. That I had ever. They have a camera in this room. Did you notice that? Oh, no, that's not what I noticed. Oh. Yeah, so I we a gratuitous nudity, whatever. I've, Super quick, it's like a blink of an eye. What I noticed this time, and I paused and got a screen grab because I wanted to get your reaction for okay. it. Okay, it wasn't a hookup. They were making uh, like an amateur film. If you look, there's a video camera. I just texted it to you. A screen I, grab. Yeah, I'm okay. I'll. Uh, there's no nudity in the screen okay. grab. Uh, I, I I was intentional. All right. All right, I'm looking at the screen grab now. Oh, there's like lighting. There's lighting on the bed, lighting towards the bed, and that's the cameras. That's that's what you're that's showing. A, me. That's like a that's a video camera. So not only were they hooking up, but they were filming themselves. Uh, what doing this? <laughs> since we're since we're just hanging out on this moment, this moment that literally happens in the blink of an eye. It's like yeah, it's like tenths of a second that we're talking about here, and we're just lingering on it. Okay, I did not see the camera. I did see the unusualness of the act oh yeah 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 which i did not pick up on initially this time when i watched i was like oh that's 
un- I guess that's just unusual. It's not normally what you see. I would say, if you don't know what we're talking about, go watch Commando. It's worth a watch. And when you get to this scene, uh, they are in a unusual position. Who am I to judge? And But it it's a little unorthodox. It, and you can make up your own mind. Make up your own decisions. It happens so yeah. fast that it's... Anyway... And you know what else is crazy about this scene that we're stretching out way too long is they didn't pause their act before they broke through this door. There was at least five or six gunshots into the wall in the adjacent apartment. Yeah, you're definitely stopping. That's true. You're not keeping the act going because I mean, there was five or six gunshots next to you. I guess unless you're like really into it, really having a good time. Do you think this guy was maybe, wearing socks like Matt? No, from Terminator? no, no, no. I don't know. Maybe they weren't wearing socks. Maybe they were wearing headphones and they didn't hear. Oh, yeah. What was, <laughs> what was the final verdict? Was it socks or the headphones that made it better? I think it was the, the headphones, headphones right? were supposed think, to think, make it better for uh, anyway. Um, is there anything else? Any other details about this scene that we're missing? We're missing the third Terminator callback, which is oh, no. <laughs> what I do love about this scene, though, is because John Matrix, as good as he is, was counting bullets. So... Cook has a six shooter, so he knows that Cook is out. So he just stares down the barrel of this gun, and Cook just says, like, fuck you, asshole. Shoots him. He's out of bullets. Matrix goes, fuck you, asshole. <laughs> and it's just, uh, I think the delivery there is really good. I like the Arnold delivery of, fuck you, asshole. And obviously, I'll, I'll call back to Terminator, the, the, the big line in Terminator. Yeah. Um, I have here, this fight, not capital A Arnold. No, this one's a little weak for sure. Um, Cook ends up getting thrown and impaled on the leg of an overturned table. Which amateur hour by John Matrix here, man. Like this is the dude that has the intel. I know you need to beat the shit out of him, but did you really have to give him like a Hadouken and like uppercut him so that he goes flying across the room and gets impaled by this? That's that's Soryuken. Oh, okay. Sorry. My Street Fighter knowledge isn't good. Thank you for correcting. Hadouken is the fireball. Soryuken is the uppercut. I was more of a Mortal Kombat guy, so it would just be an uppercut. But <laughs> um, yeah, so really got to send this guy flying. You killed your only guy. Like that's uh, a little amateur hour, man. I expect better from you, John Matrix. Uh, and then they they grab the keys. We're grabbing keys. Keys grabbing is the is the way to advance this plot. We grab the keys and we go to Cook's car. And Arnold, of course, he says he won't be needing it anymore. Or at least says that in a minute anyway. And they go th- start searching through the car. That's where they find the clue. That's how that's how fast this plot moves. That's all there is to say about it. He grabs the keys. They go to Cook's car. She looks in the glove compartment. He looks in the trunk and she's like, here's a clue. And he's like, let's go to that clue. He won't need this car anymore. And they drive off. That's the that's how they move the plot every time. This is Yeah, it's basically uh, it's a video game. You just got to go through all the like lower level bosses before you get to the um, main boss, which is exactly what's happening here. I feel like you're very attuned and well aware of like automotive where people are in automotives in these movies you you were really big on the terminator moments where they were just reaching in unlocking taking cars and now you're always like you're you're very aware of taking keys and going to the next car uh, look i'm a details guy <laughs> <laughs> someone has to be because it's not me uh so, so they, we, uh we, they're going through we yeah get they're going to through <laughs> Well, so, they found yeah, they found the gas receipt or yeah, whatever. whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever it doesn't matter. And these things never matter. But and they 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 churn through these so quickly, and they're gonna about to do it and again, and it's amazing. The next time that they do it is when I think really just like crystallizes how they move the plot, and, and so I'll I'll talk about that when we get to it. But this is the same thing. She's literally like, look, 
I found a clue. It's a company name on a piece of paper. And he's like, well, we have to go there then. And they go there. And now we get some Metal Gear Solid shit. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Okay. I was looking for a moment to weave this in. I'm just doing it now because you mentioned the plot. That's why this movie rules. It's so simple. It knows exactly what it is. It's literally, it's a dad going after his daughter. Super simple. Anyone can understand that. It checks off all the boxes that you need. It doesn't try to have some sort of like message or whatever. Like all the uh, Rambo, like First Blood, great film. All the other Rambo movies try to have like a message or a, a thing. Like the second one is about... You know, they talk about like the lost uh, POWs of Vietnam and stuff like that. And it tries to have these big emotional cruxes or whatever. Commando is not doing that. Exactly. And that's why it's awesome because it it's not terribly well executed in the Rambo sequel. So for this, it's like, we're not going to bother. Nope. This is as basic of a story and everyone will understand it. You took my child. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my child back. Boom. Done. And then we're just, we're, we're cruising. And that's yeah. why this movie kicks ass. Yeah, totally. 100%. Uh, he gets to the this fuel depot, whatever it is. He shimmies up this pole, climbs up, climbs in at the top. And it's literally a, I mean, Metal Gear Solid, for anyone who doesn't know, is a legendary stealth action video game on the PlayStation 1. And this game references all of these moments. And this is kind of like my frame of reference for stuff like this. Whatever I see st- stealth action in movies... These are the things that I played on this video game when I was a small teenager. Um, He's crawling underneath tanks. I did that in Metal Gear Solid. He's standing outside of a door. And then as he hears people approaching, dips away and they come through the door. He hides from them. They go away and then he goes in. He comes into the room, chokes out a dude and throws him in the closet. In the blink of an eye, he does this. It looks it's yeah. he wastes wastes that one. It's so fast and it's awesome. He just comes in chokes the dude out, throws him in a closet, closes the door. And then he opens the window. He says, come on in to Cindy, which is kind of weird that he's bringing her into this action scene, but whatever. But thank God he does because, oh yeah, and Cindy is very capable. Because by the way, she's a pilot. I feel like they got to this point in the movie and they were like, wait a minute, how do we get him to the island? How do we? Oh, wait, she actually is a pilot. She's a flight attendant, but she's also taken her pilot's license. Let's just say she's actually a pilot. He brings her into the window and they're... This scene is so ridiculous, Dustin. It's so stupid and ridiculous. And it's amazing. It 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 rules because of how ridiculously it advances this plot and how it encapsulates how this movie tells its story and advances its plot. Because he's literally like a table full of charts and measures and rulers and <laughs> pictures. And he's like, uh, here's some coordinates on this pa- piece of written down on this piece of paper. And uh, I'm going to just trot this line down this ruler and I'm going to say longitude is this way. And oh, here's an island. I bet that's where they are. They're on this island. And then she comes walking around the corner right after he says that. And she's like, look at this picture of an airplane. It's an amphibian. It can <laughs> it can land in the water. <laughs> it can land in the water. They definitely are flying it out there. And look, this gas receipt that we found, 250 gallons. This stuff all happens in less than 120 seconds. Less than two minutes. All of this plot happens. He's, That's why I'm here for it. it. Is this is so, so good. stupid and amazing. <laughs> He's like, hey, it's going to take 250 gallons. And he goes, well, how long would it take to About fly two the island? like... About two hours. He looks at his wristwatch and there's like two hours and 45 minutes or four hours. 
four hours. He's like, we're good. We're good. We got, you know, just enough time. Perfect. So he's like, great. We know where we're going. We got to get to this plane. She's like, it's at this pier two. That's where my planes fill up. How convenient. That's perfect. Great. They leave before they go before she thinks they're going straight to the plane. She's like, Hey, we're going to the pier. Right. And he goes, no, she's where are we going? Shopping. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. This is where, this is your moment, Dustin. Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> we end up at the least secure gun depot <laughs> in the history of all time. How does he get into the gun room? How does he do it? I do, Oh man. So he drives a bulldozer through this thing. And I literally had to Google this. Cause I was like, this is the least secure gun shop of all time. Cause there's no way that this like army Navy surplus that is basically an arsenal, like a, like private military based shopping store. Um, does not have some sort of motion sensors. And I was like, well, did they not exist in the 80s? I would find that really hard to believe. So I Googled it. Motion sensors became a thing in the 70s. So this place would definitely have motion sensors. So the second he could, like, and I guess maybe it does trip them because eventually the cops show up. The cops would be on their way immediately. And he is in no rush. There would be all sorts of alarms, all sorts of Someone would have seen someone driving the bulldozer into the army surplus store. Doesn't matter, whatever. Uh, and he just, they get a cart and he's literally just putting everything. And I love that everything <laughs> he needs is in a convenient line. He's getting bullets. He's getting knives. He's getting he's, flippers. He's getting flippers, flippers for swimming. He's, that he never uses. He's, he's getting, getting a massive knife. He's getting eye black. He's getting everything he needs before he goes behind the counter and just finds a button. How is this gun vault? There's no it's key insane. to this gun vault. It's insane. There's no anything to this gun vault. He just happens to find the like one button. This thing would be under like, it would be like a nuke facility where you got to turn like two keys simultaneously to unlock it in the morning or whatever. There's no way he's just getting guns out of this thing with like by pressing He reaches button. under the glass of this like, or he reaches under like the desk of this behind the counter thing and he's, he says, Come on. And then he goes click and the door opens into this massive arsenal. It's literally an army arsenal. Yes. Somebody, somebody in the room had to be like, how did, how does he get into the, how does he get in to get the weapons? How do we get him in there? And the, whoever wrote this movie, whoever was in charge of the decision-making said, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean the button, like the button thing, makes sense during operating hours. But like, they were like during when it's closed, <laughs> like, there's got to be get, some sort of key. How does he get in the room? Like, what do you mean? He just opens it. He just gets in. They just open. Don't let let. We don't have time for this. Open the door to get the guns. It's amazing. He gets everything you need. He gets grenades, claymores. I just I cannot imagine. This isn't like Southern California. I, even in the 80s, man. I know I like to believe that maybe some of our gun laws have become a little bit more uh, tighter. I cannot believe that you could just roll in and buy grenades and claymores at like a street store in Southern California. Yeah. Whole claymores, whole grenades. He's just grabbing them off the shelf like crazy. So I counted, I counted nine guns that he picks up with his hands, picking up guns with his hands. I counted nine guns, a claymore mine, some grenades, obviously the rocket launcher, which we had to take a moment where he sets it on the cart and she says, what is that? A rocket launcher. A rocket launcher. Like what? <laughs> a rocket launcher at a like a like a uh, consumer store? No way, way, <laughs> <laughs> big time way. Uh, not a problem here. Uh, yeah, my question was, how much time did he think he had? Like, did he think he just had unlimited time? I mean, he's kind of grabbing stuff quick, but he's like, he's not in a rush. He's like, I'm going to get literally everything that I need. And so then the cops show up, right? He grabs a couple things, turns around, and these guys are like, don't even think about it. He has like eight weapons draped over his shoulders as they're doing this. 
And this is where I will make my own connection to Terminator and draw a distinction between John Matrix and Kyle Reese, who was very ready to engage the cops in violence. And Matrix, on the other hand, he's okay. Hands up. If this is the end of the road, if this is the end of the road, this is the end of the road. Well, I don't think he, you know, he's still a quote unquote good guy. Yeah, totally. Matrix is a good guy. Matrix is definitely a good guy. He's not about to like waste cops, I don't think. So uh, I, you Reese know. was. Yeah, but I don't think Matrix will. No, Matrix will However, not. when the, uh, <laughs> and one, one of the more funny scenes of this movie, they arrest him, no handcuffs. <laughs> I didn't notice that now that you mentioned it. You didn't notice it? Oh my God, dude. The, one of the biggest dudes just drives a bulldozer through uh, uh, whatever. Uh, a gun shop has a literal arsenal and they walk him to the, they're like, all right, man, they're like, you're arrested. You got to come to the paddy wagon or whatever. And he's not in any handcuffs. He just was like, all right, I'm walking with you. Like he, he's definitely in handcuffs. Yeah, for sure. But they put him in the van, they put him in the armored vehicle. And here, here's my question for you, Dustin. Is this where we get our capital C Cindy moment? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think this is probably her moment. <laughs> I, think so. I think so. It's great. I think this is capital C this Cindy is a for fun, sure. Good moment. Thumbs up. Yeah, Two thumbs up to this moment. Tons of fun. Uh, and this is like I said, she really went on a journey of like, I hate you. I want you dead to ride or die. Uh, I still don't buy it, by the way. I still don't buy it. It's one of the toughest sells for me in this movie. But this moment here, two thumbs up. She approaches the van. Um, the cops say some really gross things. I'm not going to repeat that. Oh, yeah. Actually, this part I don't like. Yeah, I don't like that part. Where like She approaches. They say some really gross things, whatever. That's not important. Um, they drive ahead, and she stands up. And they're like, ooh, you think she's gotten something for us? And she pulls out the rocket launcher, mm-hmm. shoots one of the missiles. Goes backwards. <laughs> goes the she's wrong like, way. Oh, shit. She was aiming at the wrong direction, and it's great. Turns it around blows up this uh shoots a rocket blows this thing up on its side perfectly damaged so that john matrix is not harmed and when he nope he's i mean that i'm not worried about and then when he gets in the car he goes how did you learn how to do that and another good line from this movie is she says i read the instructions Mm -hmm. i'm sure you read i mean again i've seen this movie i knew that line i've seen this movie 400 times very recently in my uh re-watching did you notice that there are literal instructions shown in this movie i did not notice it i was this was another thing that i got for you i was not aware if you would catch this because it just feels like like a very in line tonally with the movie one-liner um but literally when they are at the store and she is stocking up if you look i grabbed you a screen grab there are literally rocket launcher instructions on her cart all right there's no sex in the screen grab i can confirm that yeah no sex but there are there's literally an instruction cool. manual. Yeah. No, not what I, I did not. So she was not lying when she said she, she read, the read the instructions. instructions. She was like, how do I fire this rocket launcher? These are the instructions. Apparently the instructions don't say which way is the front and which way is the back, but <laughs> I guess not. But at least at least tell you how to load it maybe and uh, shoot it. Another moment of subverting expectations. She aims the rocket launcher the first time she aims it. And you're like, you're like, oh, damn, like, OK, she's going to shoot this rocket launcher at this truck. That's crazy. That's cool. And then it goes backwards and explodes behind her. And you're and that's funny. That's good. It's well done. It's funny. Well executed. Good time. Good. All good. All good. 
And then they're <laughs> the guys driving the car, are like, what the? Get the get, we got to get out of here. This is crazy. And then she hits them. It's great. It's a good moment. Two thumbs yep. up. Capital C Cindy. Capital C Cindy. Cindy drives the getaway car. They arrive at the Pacific Pier. Uh, they start loading up the uh, plane. Oh, this is where you we, we flash back to the surplus store where General Kirby is now present. Oh, yeah. And Kirby says, he's like, well, what are you expecting, sir? He's like, World War Three. World III. War Three. <laughs> Good, good line. Good line, Kirby. Kirby's telling him how awesome he is. Uh, but back at the pier, they get back to this plane. Yeah, the pier I don't have a ton to say about. I mean, it's they, they get on the plane and... This is this is where... Um, and, and this is kind of for me from... A few funny lines. It, yeah, but but from the the moment that they... I, I don't know. I guess the, the moment that he picks up the, the weapons, I know that's one of your favorites, but for me before oh, that, yeah. this is like the, the moment for me the slow moment for me, I guess like the, the getting on the airplane and the flying over is where okay. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Kind of like how you had that moment in Terminator, right? This is, this is that for me, Yeah, but my moment in term, my term. My, yeah. But like my quiet moment in Terminator is him giving a very terrible message from Don, J- John Connor. <laughs> whereas this is literally him shooting an Uzi at two no, henchmen. F- so for me, this is not a quiet no, moment. No, no, you're right. You're right. For me, I guess I think it starts from, dropping Sully off the cliff until until we get to the island is like it's there's a lot there's good moments but this is like the downswing for me Ugh, hard disagree I, that's fine, However, that's fine. I'm, I'm just like, saying we had we had some high highs and some of these highs are not as high as the other highs so if you're gonna check your phone check your phone during these highs is what I'm saying I think what's happening is is the final 25 minutes of this movie uh-uh. untouchable Fucking untouchable and so you're on upon rewatches, you're just like, come on, on give me you the, might like, be right about like, that. You might be right about like, that. You're just like, let's go. I want I know what's coming and I just want it now and I don't care about I'm anything else. Touchable. OK, so sh- so, so yeah, go on. let's get there. Cruise me, cruise me through the pier here or get there. She says, hey, this is a this isn't a plane. It's in a, a canoe with wings. So he says, get in there and start paddling. I actually like that line. Um, she can't get it started. This this plane's older than I am. And he's like, he's like, there's no readout. And he's like, he's like, hurry up, go. And he's like shooting the henchmen or whatever with this Uzi, just like blasting them, blasting them, blasting them, blasting them. And they, they, he gets them, they fall off. The little Jeep falls off the pier into the water. This is one of my more favorite Arnold moments in this is Ooh. when he comes up because she can't get it started. And so he just like gives it the old Fonzie, like he bangs on the dash, but he has a really good line that I actually really only catch the, like the latter half of it. They'd stuck with me more upon this rewatch where he's just like the first part I caught, but he's like, come on, you piece of shit. And then he goes, fly or die. Nice. <laughs> and he it. I thought fly or die was actually really cool. <laughs> I like that. And then the plane starts going uh, and he works every time. And then they fly away as they're flying away. The only thing that's really worth remarking here is the fact that we uh, get a Bill Paxson cameo. We sure do. And we we should be keeping more better track of when people people who sneak in and out of these movies we should be keeping track this is bill's second appearance here bill's uh bill paxton he's a radar tech much more tame this time i'll say just kind of yeah. like just reads his lines and that's pretty much it no no switch no switch blades no uh yeah just he's just like hey you guys are should not be flying here you guys should turn around from flying here you should turn around and he's like, no way. And she's like, well, if we're going to really shoot low, you if you keep flying here. And that's basically it. That's it for his his line. And she's like, you do get like a classic Bill Paxson delivery because they fly down below the radar. So he's like, 
They're gone, sir. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Just like disappears off the radar, but great. Um, uh, Bill Paxson, but then uh, boom, we're on the island, and the next 25 minutes here are just honestly. Uh, Jenny is working on something, by the way. Jenny's great, so she's scared. She's in her room, but she starts to realize that if she jimmies the handle of this door, it slips out because mm-hmm. uh, this room that she's in has like it's all boarded up. But if she jimmies the handle, she now has a little like prying tool that she can maybe use to pry off one of these boards. And she, she pulls it out and she gets to work. She starts working and that's all we get. She's working on something. We know Jenny's working on something. That's it. That's all you need to know. Bennett is kind of walking through the house. It's like a mansion. This is big. I really love you, this It's scene. great. It's amazing. And one of the dudes, one of the guys, one of the henchmen is there and he says, uh, it's kind of it's kind of uncomfortable. It's kind of uncomfortable to say, but he's like slitting a girl's throat is like cutting warm butter. And Bennett is like, "Dude, you suck. You suck. <laughs> like, you suck. Put the knife away. Put it away. I. You're your not. Mouth. You're just. Yeah. You're not impressing me with your crudeness. Uh, and uh, I like that. I liked in the in the moment he goes. He says that and. In my head, I was like, you suck. And Bennett immediately looked at him and was like, you suck. And Bennett and I, in that moment, we had an agreement on this dude sucking. Sucking. (laughs) Yes. I I just like where he's like, I love watching your pissy and soldiers talk tough. He's like, if Matrix was here, he and I would cut them down in a blink of an eye. Oh, because he's like... Colonel Bennett or Captain Bennett, my uh, my soldiers are patriots. He's like, they're nothing. <laughs> they're nothing. <laughs> Matrix, Matrix and I would cut them down in an instant. Uh, and he would laugh too if he was here. And he's like, but here's what you need to realize. He's like, regardless of what happens, whether the job gets done or not, Matrix is coming back for you. And the only thing between him and you it's is me. me. And he's like, well, you're scared of him, Bennett. He goes, of course I am. I'm, I'm smart. smart. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah. Like you should be afraid of John Matrix, and that keep that'll help hopefully keep you alive a little bit if you weren't so, uh, you know, in love with him, and that love turns sour. But <laughs> well, yeah. Again, another wrinkle to this. You should be, but I love that scene. It's a good scene. And it's more, a good. Uh, like it. It's a good um, just moment of kind of putting all of this into perspective. Bennett is like, look, man. If you if you get away with this, if John is is doing this, which for whatever reason, the two of them are assuming that John's doing this, which is kind of ridiculous to me, but they are assuming that he's going to go kill the guy, right? Then what's he going to do after that? He's going to come for his daughter and you're in the way. He's going to come after you. He's going to come after you. Like, even if he does the thing you want him to do, he's going to come after you. And then if he gets his daughter back, let's say he gets his daughter back and she's safe. He's going to make sure that she's never in danger again. And he's going to come after you. Yeah. Either or way, you're, you're gonna you're, you're gonna let's say he, he comes back and you do the thing, you do the bad thing, and his daughter is not safe when he comes back, then he's gonna come after you. Guess what? He's coming after you. That's what Bennett is saying right away here. He's like, Look, man, I know you kind of think you have this under control, but he's coming after you. And the only advantage that I have is when he comes back, is I'm here and I'm I know I don't look like it, but like, I'm like, okay, like I can, <laughs> I can handle it, it but, but I have his daughter. The script says that I, I looked the part. <laughs> mm, yeah. He does not, he look, does the not look the part, but that, so, but like, yeah, that whole yeah. kind of interaction of just being like, and again, it's another point of this movie being like, guys, let's tell the movie like it really is. This guy is a superhero. He's a one man army. He's going to get you. 
He's come. This is so. Let's all just say he's coming to get you. Yep. Uh, yeah. So then we get to the island arrival, and it's like it's let's go time. Um, capital A Arnold rowing. The, the, I mean, <laughs> the next twenty five minutes are just capital A Arnold. So I think we're just gonna like no, yeah. whatever your definition is. The next twenty five minutes, it doesn't matter. Um, I hold on. Let me let me see here. I I have a couple of things to say before I get to the. So he he wrote he rows ashore. Right, they land, and he's like he gives um. He gives Cindy her instructions. Once you hear it, start radioing. She's like, when I hear what? And he's like, when you hear sh- shit go crazy, you will know. Well, oh, she, he says, don't break radio silence until they see me. She goes, how will I know? Because all fucking hell is going to break loose. So he, hell and then yeah. he rows ashore and it's amazing. Him rowing ashore is amazing. And he gets ashore and gears up. It's vest over bare chest. Here for this gear up scene. Mm. Arnold is guns out, and I'm not talking about firearms. I'm talking about Arnold is guns out with a vest on, and that's it. Thank God for it. Yes. He paints his body for the camouflage. He straps the grenades, shotgun shells, his knife, ready for action. At this point right here, right after he gears up, the iconic scene of him with the gun over his shoulder, we have 22 minutes left, and you just need to know. Anyone who listens to this, I don't know if anyone is going to listen to this if anyone has listened to any of these episodes, this is among the greatest and most over-the-top action movie sequences in movie history. From here to the end of this film, there's 22 minutes. Uh, if you are a fan of action movies in any way, you owe it to yourself to see this. It's perfect. And the last stretch of this movie is just unassailable. It's so perfect in every way for its time, its genre, its everything. I love it. I love it. I could watch it forever. This this moment from here to the end of the movie, I could watch it every day for the rest of my life and be happy. So two things are happening simultaneously. Arnold, is. it starts off. So, right, we got the music swelling to now. The music's going and two things are happening. Arnold is starting to creep towards the compound. He's scoping out the area. He's finding where the enemies are. And it's like in a Far Cry game. It's like in a video, a Ubisoft game, really, where you're approaching a place that you're going to take these guys out and you're got your binoculars out. You're scanning, you're seeing the guys, you're tagging them. And then they like stay in your peripheral vision. You know what I'm talking about? That's what's happening here. He's creeping up. He's seeing people in different places. He's mar- knowing, noticing where they are and planning his attack. That's what he's doing. As that's happening, the plane that he jumped out of as it was taking off is landing in the place he's supposed to be. And there are people waiting to pick him up there. This is the end of the timer. That plane is landing. They're waiting for him to come off. He's not going to come off. And they're going to figure that out. Call back to Arius, whatever his name is, and let him know he's not here. Kill the girl. All of this is what's happening. This is all happening at this moment. Arnold's That's all cross-cutting between him like stealthy moves. He's planting claymores. He's cutting dudes' throats. He's got like a sweet ballistic knife. He's shooting guys. He stabs a dude in the belly, which se- yep, which looks up behind him. Really painful. Like, please just cut my throat. Like, don't stab me <laughs> don't in the stab stomach, in the belly. not in the gut. Like, just cut my throat, please. Yeah. So he's just doing all this. And then when it's finally revealed that like, so he's been planting these claymores, he's been killing all the side guards. And then when it's finally been revealed that Enriquez, who was supposed to be his handler, is dead. They call- Been dead for 11 hours, by the way. They call Arias and say he wasn't on the plane. And he's like, 
Matrix wasn't on the plane. Kill his daughter. And so Bennett's like, oh yeah, time to go. So he goes- I'm going to do that. He's, I'm, I'm excited about it. And as he's walking down the hall, he's got his knife out. He's feeling it. He's like ready to kill Jenny. All of a sudden, John Matrix is running away and he triggers all the bombs, all the Huge claymores. Huge explosion. And they all, everything blows Multiple up. Multiple buildings are exploding. It looks awesome. Uh, the uh, the mannequins are pretty funny now that you can watch this in high I def. Said, I, I, I noted the mannequins too. Uh, they're literally scarecrows on posts. They're absolutely scarecrows. They are on literal they're posts. They're literally on posts so like in like the same distance apart from each other around these buildings. The building explodes behind them and they don't move. They don't like <laughs> they don't like collapse so onto good. the ground. The explosions are great. The mannequins are humorous. But my partner was laughing before at this. That. She was like, "Sweet mannequins!" Before, before this matrix had, he's setting up the bombs. He throws out two throwing knives and takes dudes out. He comes up behind one guy and he goes, "Como esta?" And the guy's like, "What?" The? <laughs> and he like tases him or something. He like shoots a taser. Oh, at him. it's a ballistic. No, it's a ballistic knife. He throws one of the ballistic knives at him. That's what it is. No, he doesn't throw it. It's literally like a hydraulic thing. Well, yeah, dude, we got to call that out. That sounds amazing. That's awesome. Did you ever play? Call of Duty Black Ops 2? Come on, man. Absolutely not. No. Oh, come on. But ballistic knives, they basically just like high-powered propellers and they are uh, like hydraulics and they shoot out. That's it's awesome. That's what John Matrix did to this man. Uh, yeah, then the, was the, there's the explosion. The explosion happens. The mannequins are still standing there. Supposed to be people being blown up. Uh, Bennett says, welcome back, John. Welcome back, John. So glad you could join us. Uh, okay. Another bad line for him. Sorry. Oh, I like I it. I like it. But it's bad. I'm here for ben- I'm here for Bennett other than his physical appearance. I'm I agree. The performance I think is great. The lines are not. The lines are part of <laughs> it. That's why it's so it's, good. It's not good. <laughs> I disagree. Welcome it's great. Back, John. So glad Welcome you could it. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. But not <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So Arnold, uh he's he from here on. He does not take his finger off of the trigger. No, he's literally like, I love the hip shot. It's all it's hip. Like, we got to be able to show. We have to be able to show his like sweet uh, uh, chest and his awesome muscles. And he's just, he does these not dudes aim cannot. down the sight once. Nope. He's just mowing guys down. The cronies can't hit anything. They wouldn't be able to hit the side of a barn. Like they're literally just shooting, and like it looks like they're shooting at him, but he just dodges. He is everything. the size of the side of a barn, and there's no hitting him. Nope. And they're just blasting away, and he's just. And he goes to this like courtyard and it's the just like courtyard is just nonstop like chatter of the gunfire of them. Just this like and he's changing weapons. He's got his like as uh, he sticks with the machine, machine gun, gun for a long time. He must fire a billion rounds. Probably approximately one billion rounds fired in this scene. That's what I'm going to say. That's my guess. Mowing them all down. Eventually he runs out of ammo, but he pulls out the shotgun. He's going well, first, guys, and he's no, like, I'll, first he goes. First he's goes, oh, he goes pistol first. No, he, goes he doesn't Eagle. even go pistol first. First he he goes machine gun. Then he goes he's tossing grenades out every so often. Then he goes oh, Uzi. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then right. he goes pistol. Then he comes up shotgun, and you hear the kaboom, the shotgun, kaboom, and that sound that you love. That I, it's I oh, love it. The eighties, the eighties cannon shotgun. Amazing. I'm here for it all the time. I'm here for that. Um, and eventually, one guy throws a grenade near him, and he like jumps, and it blasts just as he jumps but it does kind of wound it him looks a like he bit. jumps off of a trampoline because he gets very high in the air yes he does he gets wounded a little as bit. that's happening jenny has escaped and bennett realizes he is losing his advantage the one thing that he needs 
to have an advantage over Matrix is Jenny. He, she has kind of pulled these boards away and snuck through the bottom, and he looks at this boarded up wall, and he just blasts through it and goes chasing after her down into the sewer system or whatever it is. Arnold, meanwhile, finger still on the trigger, just blasting. When Bennett jumped the fence and he like very ungracefully kind of barges through and he's like stomping through, that's when my partner was just like, sweet leather pants, nice. bro. I bet you're... And she's like, I bet your balls are real sweaty. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it was so good. And I was like, Keep the drinks coming. This We're is hilarious. Having a great I love this. Time right now. We're having a great time. That's amazing. The courtyard scene is extraordinary. How many rounds does he fire? He is literally running and holding the trigger, and it just keeps going. Dude after dude goes down. He keeps moving. He fires a bazillion rounds out of his huge machine gun, switch to his Uzi, couple dudes go down, switches to the handgun, then the shotgun. I we you and I have both said before we're not gun guys. So I'm not here to tell you what guns all we're using. Y'all gun listeners are going to be like it's the this, it's the that. That's all there for you if you want it. Just saying, we've been shooting a lot of guns here. A lot of gunfire yeah. is happening. <laughs> Finally he gets cornered uh in this like gardener shed full of gardening tools. Yeah, cuz the grenade wounded him so he kind of like limbers off and he uh you know, he gets to this shed and uh, he's kind of dropped a lot of his weapons at this point because, you know, he's running out of ammo and he's like wounded. He gets in the shed and he takes off his takes off, takes the off his so vest. Can, like, thank God. Yes. Just so <laughs> that we can see this magnificent body. Um, but he just uh, he takes off the vest. He's like tending his wound or whatever. And these guys just show up. There's probably five of them or whatever. And they're all just like they're all just standing around this. They shed, just blast this shed. Unload another billion rounds like this movie just does not apologize for how many bullets it fires in any given moment. And nope. it's just a billion rounds go into this shed. And then they and then and they're they like, go, go, go check, check it, it out. They open it. And then the next uh, this next the next five kills or four kills are my favorite part okay. of the movie. Yeah, like, especially like when I was growing up. <laughs> When I was growing up, this was like the moments we were just like as ki- like kids, just like, oh, my God, he literally yeah. like the, flips so out is, of the rafters. Of the, this is you're right. You're he's right. in Hold a on. garden. Shed. Yes. Yes. This is the thing. I see what you're saying. I like your the connection you make here between being a child watching this and us watching it right now is watching someone aim a machine gun and it going blah, 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 blah. And people like throwing their arms up and falling down is cool. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, sweet. This here moment is when. You see something, if, especially if you're a child and you're like, whoa, that was crazy. That was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my entire yeah. life. He flips out of the rafters and just stabs one guy with a pitchfork. Pitch forks He's out. He makes pitchfork into a verb. There's <laughs> there's two dudes to the right of him, to the left of him. And he just he's got two saw blades from, from the circular, circular saw. saw. And he throws them like a Frisbee and scalps one guy. This guy just whoop. Top of the head, gone. He throws him like ninja throwing stars. Uh, Takes the top of this dude's head off. The fucking And then the next one, it hits the other dude in the chest. He goes down. Gets into the chest. And he gets in the chest. And then the fourth guy comes up. He grabs his arm, pulls it out, and just takes a machete and cuts his arm off. And the machete (laughs) cut when we were kids was just like, holy shit. That was just (laughs) like. I'm not supposed to see people's arms get cut off. When we were kids, that was the. That was the moment when we talked about, we were just like, this is the craziest thing ever in a movie. When he cuts this guy's arm off, grabs one of this like 
huge machine gun, bigger than the one he had before. He grabs it off the like uh, like one of the guys he's killed. Holds it in his left arm and then picks up the gun belt in his right hand, feeding that into. Yeah. Now we have the like shirtless just. He's just mowing everyone totally down. Totally shirtless, got the make the the camo makeup on, feeding the gun belt bullets into the machine gun as he's holding the trigger down and it's just and he's just looking at dudes and it's amazing. Yep. Just the bet. But the garden shed scene, uh so did you are you aware that there's a director's cut of this movie? No. And the director's cut is apparently about 90 seconds or one minute longer. And so I, had, I was like trying to figure out what the differences were. So I looked it up. You can go on YouTube and find it. All of the differences pretty much lie within the garden shed scene. So I went on YouTube to watch like the differences. And the, the biggest difference is the second dude who gets the saw blade. He doesn't just get it in the chest. He gets it in the throat. Uh, the camera stays on him for a little while longer and there's just like blood spurting everywhere. So it's like a little more intense. And then the other bit is the guy with the machete or who gets his arm cut off with the machete. It lingers on him for a little bit longer. And so that's the the the, 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 direct, the director's cut that they recently released uh, a couple years well, ago. Well, I, I feel cheated for not having watched it. For that extra one minute of content. Yeah. But um, but the garden, scene, the garden shed scene is just the the absolute best. It's the pinnacle for the, of this movie for me. Well, and Jenny, in the meantime, she's been running through the sewers and Bennett is in hot pursuit. Arnold is back in the courtyard firing his apparently limitless ammo into these guys who yep. are dropping like flies. Only this time there's no shirt. There's no vest makes his way in. He like climbs up to the top, makes his way into the mansion and he starts calling out for Jenny. Oh, He's like Jenny, not sneaking Jenny. He is not sneaking through this house. He's like, Jenny, you're where right, are you? You're He's right, you're right. through every door. He's looking in every room. Jenny, and there's like people that are like, oh, he's coming around the corner. I can hear him. He's right there. I'm going to hide here. I'm going to ambush him and I'm going to get him. And they don't. He jumps off like the second story and just like lands on top of two guys. I think they're the last There's one cronies. dude who's like literally in the house waiting, hiding behind a wall. And he's like, Jenny. And the guy jumps out. And he's like, blah, 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 blah. Fires like 10 shots that don't hit him. And he's and then he turns and he's like, blast him. Then, yeah, he jumps down out onto another courtyard onto these two dudes, takes them down. And then we get takes one of their shotguns. Yeah. At this point, we, now yeah. it's the now it's the president Arias versus Arnold at this point. And so he's got like this a, is a good shoot. He's got a machine gun. It's uh, it feels very have you seen Scarface? I've seen Scarface within the last two weeks. Okay. It feels like it feels like an homage to Scarface, this whole sequence here. Like is it, Scarface it, older than this? Yeah. Scarface came out in eighty three. So this feels like a homage to Scarface to me. How the kind of the president's going out. I'm not saying it's like a ripoff. It just feels like it's like no, a, a I, I, I hear. Or, uh, it feels um but yeah, they're going back and you know, Arnold's got the shotgun. The, uh, There's I'll a shootout, they're going through the mission. They're pretty uh, cool. Tony Montana goes out in a way that's much more earned than Arius has not earned the way that he goes out. It's very cool, but he he himself did not earn it in the way that Tony Montana did anyway. But I love it because it's the 80 shotgun and they shoot out, shoot out, shoot out. Eventually Arnold does a sweet roll and just pumps him like five times. Boom, boom, boom. And the last one sends him flying out the window. Lots of, of shotgun shots into this man's torso. His whole torso has spots on it. Just absolutely shredded. Love the squids. He's dead. Uh, at that point, he's like calling out. He hears he hears Jenny call out to what him. What is this? So he's like, what is this? Yeah, I, this is. I don't understand. This is ridiculous. This is another moment of she's them being like, like on the 
she went all the way across the mansion under some basement and magically he can hear her. <laughs> right after he shotguns the dude who's setting up all this whole thing, shotguns him out the window. He pauses for one second and he hears her say, daddy. And he's like, oh, she's in the sewer. Goes down into the sewer. Where is she? How is she right underneath him? I don't know. Yeah, they're in this like uh, the, the basement with all these pipes and it's steamy or whatever. And she's like, daddy. And then Bennett gets her and he goes, not daddy. <laughs> grabs her so now he <laughs> very good very good impression so now he has uh glad you like my bennett impression so he uh, very much like it yes so he's got jenny now john they eventually square up they square up he he cross bennett fires first and hits him and and matrix goes down and he goes behind the thing matrix is apparently more hurt here than he has been so far Bennett's like taunting him. He's like, I gotcha. Matrix appeals to the cruelty in his nature, I guess. And he says, you know how much you hate my guts? He's like, well, you know how you 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 hate me so much. How about you just come kill me yourself? And how about we don't use just a let gun? The girl go. How about we don't use a gun? How about you? Wouldn't it feel better if you killed me with a knife? And stabbed me and killed me with a knife, which you want to use a chicken shit gun? You want a knife? You want to put a knife in me? Very ridiculous. Very stupid. And Bennett is like all for it. He's like, it it, trig- it very much triggers something in him. And he's like, yeah, I don't need the girl. Yeah, I don't need no, I don't need the girl. I don't need no gun. I don't need no gun. This is, like- this is the performance for me where I'm like, oh, yes. Thank you for this, for having this actor in this role right now and and this is the this is the moment where he nails the performance that's why for me it's always been like i can totally see the like scorned love aspect or whatever like he loved romantically loved matrix or whatever for me it was always just inadequacy like that's where he's like i have to do this myself and i have to do it with the knife i don't need no chicken chicken you mm-hmm. know like i'm gonna put a knife in you or whatever and so he's like ah. i agree uh, i agree but but his he he has a manicness and insanity to his screaming here that's very effective and he says i, I, I don't need no Gun? And he throws the gun in the direction of Matrix, which is so ridiculous. Yeah, right. You would think Matrix would just pick the gun up and blow it Which him Matrix away, would no. have, but I guess it just didn't get to whatever. Didn't get no. close enough to him. Matrix is not a sentimental person when it comes to combat. <laughs> he's going to, he's no. just about efficiency. He's just about taking you out if you're in the way. I want my daughter <laughs> yes. back. Yeah. Uh, and apparently um, Bennett here, he wants to have the knife fight. He throws the gun forward. He's like, I don't need no gun. That, that line is amazing. And the delivery is amazing. And this is why he is the right person for the job, despite any other qualms that you may have about it. That's so this is we <laughs> We started talking about this at the beginning of this podcast about we have to have the conversation about Bennett. This is my final note about Bennett. He's the right guy. This is the right guy for the job. For the performance, yes. Uh, but I mean, it's just like, it's just hard to like, you got this like hulking Arnold Schwarzenegger who's like in peak physical condition. And then you just have like a regular like doughy kind of middle-aged Looks dude. like your neighbor. <laughs> wearing like tight chain mail and it's like what are we doing like why is he wearing chain mail in like is the, this the middle ages i uh, yeah it's just what are we what is the chain mail i don't get it he comes up to him and they start having the, they swinging the knives at each other and arnold is literally his shoulders are so much larger than him they're fighting each other and it's like you clearly could never beat this person there's no way no 
But they do a decent enough job giving Bennett a few, like, he gets his licks in. You know, they're just doing this knife fight, and it uh, they kind of cascade throughout this environment. They do fall off an edge, you know, so there's a moment where they kind of tumble over and they land on top of each other. They're swinging knives. He does get, Bennett gets one gets cut on Arnold. And he starts wailing on him with a pipe. He rips this, like, door off this, like, furnace, and he's, like, hitting him with the door. Um, and then the, the big turnaround, he was just like, where he's like, you're getting old, John. You're an old man now. You can't fight. You're defeated. You're weak. Oh, no, no, no. Before that, before that, before that. Sorry. He electrocutes the shit out of him. Oh, he does kick him into like this. Uh, this is like <laughs> it's so basement ridiculous. or whatever has has everything. It's got pipes. It's got furnaces. It's got steam. It's got elect- electrified he, like, fences kicks that are strong enough to hits this like pylon. I don't know what it is. And and. He lets out this scream that is so absurd. He's like, and then he comes out of that. He comes out of this being electrocuted and screaming and comes out and hits Arnold with like a six hit combo. He's like right hand, left hand, kick, knee, throws him against the wall and then starts ripping into his kidneys, just starts drilling him in the back. And that's when he starts taunting him with what you were just saying. Yeah, I feel like the electricity elicits like uh like uh, ramps up that manicness that you were talking about because that's when he's like you're getting old, John, and he starts like you know going after him and whatever. And that's I just when- like, I saw him get electrocuted, and I was like, is he just gonna like? How did he just not fall dead? Instead, he comes out and he's throwing shots immediately. It's like it like powered him up or something. Like he's the Terminator who got an extra boost of energy <laughs> from the being electrocuted or something. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, Bennett the Terminator. Um, but then, then this fight just comes to the climax where it's, uh, he kind of matrix gets the best of him. He rolls over, pulls out his gun earlier in the fight. He said that he was going to put one between the eyes and he goes, you know what, John, I'm not going to put one between the eyes. I'm going to put one between your balls. Amazing. <laughs> and that's when he's like, he's got the gun aimed at him. And that's when Arnold just rips this pipe off the wall throws the pipe at him and impales him through the chain mail. So that chain mail is not doing a whole lot. Impales him through the chain mail into a, into like a steam tank goes all the way through him into the steam tank. The steam is pouring out the top of the tank and now it's pouring out the pipe that's through his chest. Yep. And he gives the wonderful line of let off some steam Bennett. This is the end of the movie. Like the the movie's the over. End. Like there's uh, Jenny gives Matrix a big smile, which I which is like fine. Um, that she's like up there and and she's like, oh, he won, and and he, she's like, daddy, and he looks up and she's like, this huge smile. If it were like me, I feel like I'd be like very traumatized, and I'd be like, whoa, my god, this is insane. But she's very happy. She's extremely happy. As she should be. I mean, Bennett was a weirdo. So now Bennett's dead, which is I won't hold it against her. Um, So Kirby and Cindy now arrive. The other two characters that are in this movie. There's no other characters in this movie. (laughs) They're the last two characters in this movie, and they have arrived. Arnold's just shirtless, carrying Jenny out. He has done it. And and him carrying her on his hip as he's like, these are the guys that kidnapped her. They're all fucked up and dead. I'm walking out of the wreckage. There's two like literal burning buildings on either side of him. He's walking out of the wreckage with her on his hip. I've saved my daughter and I'm walking out. I've won. I'm victorious. And he's like, John, I want you to start up your old unit. All it would take was you coming back. And he's like, this was the last time. But then the movie's over. The mo- and Well, he's like, this was the last one. This is the last time. Or he said, I think he's literally says this is the, this was the last time. And then, 
uh, Kirby, like they're walking away and Kirby ha- tries to have another little throwaway thing. He's like, until the next time, which I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. Do you know what just happened here? Like, do you know what I just went through? He just killed a ton of people and did all this stuff. And now you're just, you're trying to like rope him into your thing. You're trying to recruit him for your thing. And he f- told you no immediately. He told you no. And now you're b- right back. You're like, <laughs> Well, until the next time, John, until the next time you kill fucking <laughs> however many people. And John again stops. Now he stops again. And he's like, no chance. It's I'm this is never happening. There's no way this is happening again, um, which is good. And you know what I'm going to say, Dustin? I'm glad there's no Commando 2. I was, I'm glad you brought this up. That was like one of the last things I wanted to squeeze in before we wrapped up. But yeah, that's the end of Commando. So yeah, we'll go into closing thoughts. I, I love that there's not a Commando 2. Uh, I'm shocked there isn't. I agree. But I think it I think it uh, makes the movie age even better that there's not a Commando 2. And it makes this the end of this movie age better too. It's great. It's, it's absolutely right. It, we don't need it anymore. Like... Oh, there's nothing else to be said in this story and they don't say anymore. There's no time left to make to ruin it. This movie is perfect. Commando is a perfect movie for what it is. It understands what it is from the jump and it takes you all the way through it and stays the same. And there's and there's no time for it to ruin itself with the sequel or anything like that. It just is what it is. That's Commando. And I think, well, you know, those are the final thoughts. The the biggest things that I wanted to weave in. I think I got was just the, the Rambo comparisons and how I, I prefer what this did. And, um, the, the fact that there's not a sequel, I think is one of the, the, you know, things that it's kind of aged the best and, you know, helps this movie's legacy. Quite I got a, a couple things to say. I have a couple things. All right. So, uh, so let's work this out together here before we move on from the last scene, the very end, the end of this movie, I have to bring up uh, one last thing. And revisit for the second time in this podcast, moviebodycounts.com. Oh, shit. I had this. I was going to ask you if you went <laughs> oh, to... Uh, I w- I'm glad you remember because I almost forgot, but I I wanted to ask you if you went. <laughs> when I discovered moviebodycounts.com was for this movie, the, was for the first time that I watched this movie. Again, I don't, I'm not personally verifying the information that's found on this website, moviebodycounts.com, but if you can't trust a website called <laughs> like movie moviebodycounts.com to give you accurate movie body counts who can you trust in this life really amen so here we go all right i'm gonna break this down for you scene by scene okay okay the whole body counts in the movie uh first of all it's it's wrong off the jump just saying so how take that how you will the first death that <laughs> that it counts in this movie is at the car dealership which is definitely the second death of the movie uh the first <laughs> It's misses at least one, uh, which is the um, garbage truck. So car dealer, one body. Matrix's house, three. The plane, one. The shops, a.k.a. the mall, three. The cliff, one. The hotel, one. The factory, one. The pier, two. The island, 74. (laughs) 74. Do you hear the, the, when I I remember when years ago, when I... (laughs) saw this and i read those numbers i was like the lopsidedness of it i found very amusing it's amazing yes 74 right. on the island so what was the total i don't know i, I didn't add that up uh, but i think matrix john matrix himself had 81 nice sick moviebodycast.com second time that it's appeared it's appeared exactly as many times as bill paxton has <laughs> it has any other thoughts yes 
How does this stack up against other one-man army movies? The big comparison is First Blood, um, which is the same era. I've also watched it recently. I'm going to take First Blood over Commando as far as what is a better movie. I am going to take Commando over First Blood for what is a better time. Yeah, like a better hang. Yeah, I can understand that. I, for me, I don't know. For me, the command, the com, I don't think it. There's a little apples and oranges for me. I think the comparison is Rambo Two versus Commando. Rambo Two is not great though. Rambo Two is not a great movie. First Blood is a great movie. Yeah, hundred percent a yeah, great movie. But I don't see Ram, I don't see First Blood as like a quote unquote one man army movie. Like I don't see it as part of that genre. It's I see Rambo Two was the first one, and then all the other sequels are. But I don't, excuse me, I don't see it as part of that. Because he's not like just destroying hordes of people like he is in. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I think only like one person actually dies in Rambo 1 and it was like an accident. Whereas this one is like all the others are, you know, death machines. And And it's still kind of a one man army movie, though. He takes on that whole police force by himself. And I'm just saying, I'm just saying first blood. First blood is the first blood is the measure here. I'm not measuring Rambo 2. I'm not measuring first blood 2. First Blood 2 does not compare to Commando. I'm sorry. It it doesn't. It is it does not. I think you're comparing apples to oranges. Okay, but if you can't compare Rambo to Commando, then what can you compare? And I'm just saying First Blood, better movie, Commando, better time. That's all I have to say about it. That's not that's all I have to say. Fair point. I have one criticism. And this is a symptom of our project together. Okay? Okay. And I think it's a, it's part of the story of this podcast and a, and about what we're doing and about how this will go so far and how it will continue to go. When I watched Terminator and when I rewatched Terminator and when I dove into Terminator and I watched everything that I could find to watch about Terminator, I found more and more and more and more that I was excited about and that I was into and that I loved and that I wanted to watch more. When I did the same thing with Commando, and I watched Commando over, and I looked for things about Commando, and I looked for facts about Commando, and I looked for commentary about Commando. I found less and less and less and less. And that's okay. And that's the way it's supposed to be. That's what Commando is supposed to be. And it knows it from the moment that they made the movie. They knew that that's what it was supposed to be. And I'm fine with it. All I'm saying is, I had an extremely different experience preparing to make this podcast for Terminator than I had with Commando. With Terminator, I could not get enough. And there was always something else to peel back and find below the surface. With Commando, I was ready to make this episode and and move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's just, uh, that's the movies uh, themselves. I think that's totally fine. Um, For me, this movie is just a a warm blanket it's just uh, a great time <clears throat> reminds me honestly i just every time i watch it it just reminds me hanging out with my dad and so it's always going to have this like really soft spot for me um all the times that we used to watch it and other movies when i was a kid but this is one of the ones that i just like remember watching with my dad a lot so that's always going to have a, a special place for me but yeah i think uh you know from your, your preparations i just think the world of terminator is bigger if you tried to make a world at a commando that's the size of terminator this movie would suck <laughs> and so i think it's really like it's just how this movie is and why this movie is great and i think we're just going to get more i think from here on out I'm, I'm actually really excited i think we're going to get more movies that are a little bit different i'm actually like really excited to get to like um uh like twins and kindergarten cop just because it's going to be like a whole new wrinkle like we're getting just like 
action Arnold. And I'm like, like kind of excited to get to comedy Arnold, whether it's going to land or not, who knows? But I, I think it's, it's good to, as we do this project to kind of have movies that elicit different levels of preparation and uh, approach and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It is not fair to compare Commando to Terminator. It's not supposed to be. That's still how I came to this and this moment. So it is what it is. My advice, watch Commando. Give yourself enough time before you watch it again. Then the moments will make you laugh. The action will make you drop your jaw and the one liners will make you shake your head. Commando rules. Commando most definitely rules. This has been 10 years of Arnold. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps spread the word. Hopefully find us some new listeners. You can write into us if you have any questions or comments at 10 years of Arnold at gmail.com. You have to spell that out. It is T E N years of Arnold at gmail.com. If you're really enjoying the show and you want to show your appreciation with a small tip, we have a Kofi account set up. That is at Kofi.com slash 10 years of Arnold. Again, spelled out T E N. We would be super appreciative of that. Our artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Our music is by John McMichael. Join us next week when we will be discussing Raw Deal from 1986. Thank you again. We will see you next week. Thank you.